you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 117 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chachinsky, with my good, good friend, Dogbark24. My dude, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Excited to be here, as always. Ready to finally get to delve into some patch notes. Uh, Last week with all the madness of sports and my birthday and taking a vacation, flying and all that. We just got a bit too caught up. So uh, we apologize that we're a week late, but we're excited as always to talk about some freaking Necrom. And I've, I've got to play some and I'm just, I'm, I'm loving it. So we're going to hop right on into this dogged, where are we starting these patch notes off tonight? Well, last week we, uh, you know, we covered pretty much the news. So that's kind of just going into our uh, current state of Cyrodiil, which will be our, you know, our big Cyrodiil update this patch for the chapter. Right. Yeah. We did our PvP stuff, combat update. Yeah. Along with the uh, combat update that we, you know, discussed last week, we also have the new pvp keep messaging system which i believe uh it's what brian wheeler was telling me and rob about in vegas so that's pretty cool yeah so we have the patch notes here and and it reads we've added a new messaging for guilds that claim keeps and resources in cyrodiil this new feature is delivered through a chat message or on-screen notification stating how many guards are killed and by how many combatants were in the area at the time. There are also follow-up messages noting when guards are no longer being killed at a clan keep, outpost, or resource. This message only applies to players within Cyrodiil and match the alliance of the keep, resource, or outpost. If a guild owns a keep and its resources are claimed by other guilds, the keep owner will also be notified when resource guards are killed. This new feature can be found in your social menu in the game option, and you can choose where the messages are displayed, or you can disable them entirely. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really cool update. I haven't actually gotten into Cyrodiil yet, so I haven't seen that in action. But I have faith that it's uh, probably pretty cool. I haven't heard any bad things about it, right? So that's uh, usually good news. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's generally a good sign. And it's nice because like you always have like someone watching the map just for you know things going popping off, getting flagged. And I mean, I'm like literally always pulling my map up constantly, trying to see what's going on. So getting players out of the map is always like a great uh, thing for them to do. Yeah, especially, you know, those of us on a console that, you know, don't use add-ons for that, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, that's going to be our little PvP. That was their PvP uh, new thing. 
So that's cool. Good stuff, right? Yeah. So with that, why don't we uh, hop into the Necrom side of these patch notes. Right off the rip, we got two new zones, the Telvani Peninsula and Apocrypha. Six delves, two in the Peninsula and four in Apocrypha. Six world bosses, two public dungeons, the Bastion Nimic world events, and these are uh, kind of a new thing. So in order to do the new world events, you first need to meet up with Ordinator Tandessa and accept her request for aid. Then you need to search the lands of the Peninsula or Apocrypha for Herald Seekers, which are the corrupted gatekeepers of Bastion Nimic, and kill them for the Icker to then travel in with group members into the Nimics. Kill the enemies and look for secrets. Be sure to be grouped up because this works like a dungeon. Now, that's interesting. So I was actually going to bring up these Herald Seekers because I have ran into some of them. And oh my god, they are not an easy thing for you to just kill. They're like a roaming world boss and you just run into them. They have like a million health and just start smacking you down. So... <laughs> I killed one with, like, a bunch of people off a of way shrine in Apocrypha, and that was cool. But it was tough. Yeah, that's, uh, interesting. I think I added that last point, but I don't know. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, still, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested in all that, for sure. I haven't tried the Nimics yet, but... I haven't had really people to play with or time to play with people other than uh, just, you know, going super hard trying to level my Arcanist. Speaking of, of course, the Arcanist class comes with Necrom. Owning the chapter will allow you to channel the Eldritch powers of Apocrypha as an Arcanist. These scholarly spellcasters channel secret runes and abyssal spells to destroy their enemies, heal their allies, and defend against any foe. The Arcanist features a unique mechanic where you guys have heard and learned a lot about so far. Um, the Crux mechanic. Each Crux you have, up to three maximum, will either passively increase your capabilities in combat or add further capabilities to abilities that spend Crux. So... Crux gives the Arcanist a unique gameplay experience not yet seen in ESO and offers a greater variety in your gameplay, whether you're in Trials, Questing, or PvP. And the Crux, they're going to be obvious. They're the green things floating around you. A lot of you have already uh, worked with this and experienced this by now. Um... Pretty much, it's really easy to earn Crux, is what I've been learning too, and uh, it's, it does seem like a very fluid thing. Uh, it's a good thing to remember, you can only generate it while you're in combat. Uh, that's just a great uh, you know, thing to keep in mind. They also say that they've added a new UI feature to help aim your Fate Carver and Remedy Cascade abilities. Which in the PTS, it was like, didn't really target an enemy. It just kind of was like, 
pre-aim, wherever. And yeah, uh, it can be reduced down to zero, they say, in the uh, accessibility panel in your options, the aim assist. So yeah, it's interesting. I would probably, uh, if you want to try it at zero, you might be like, whoa, that's how it was. Uh, but I do like the point where they have it in right now. So, dog, what what else, man? Do we do we get some new companions or something? Of course we do. It's a new chapter, man. Well, I guess that's just a thing now, huh? Yeah, pretty much. So we have uh, two new ch- uh, companions. I almost said champions there for a second. That would have been weird. I mean, but- you know, I would have accepted it. <laughs> Yeah, but we have two new companions, the uh, Sharp as Night and Azazar Al Sabiades. Yes, Sibiades. I don't know. Something. I, uh, I I put a couple of extra syllables there. It's okay. <laughs> he would appreciate it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, once unlocked, other characters will still need to complete each in- inductory quest because, you know, that's awesome, right? Everyone loves doing that on every character that you want to play as a companion on, right? I guess that's also just going to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was ever going to change once that's how it was, but <laughs> I so mean, be it. I guess on the bright side, that means that companions won't be in the uh, crown store ever. So that's true. I, I guess that's a plus. That's a plus. They don't need to be. Yeah. Uh, each companion possesses a passive perk ability, which benefits you while the companion is active, which can be seen via the companion menu. The perk may also be permanently unlocked via companion achievement accomplishment. And so the uh, sharpest knight provides sharpest patience, which offers an improved chance at finding trophy fish and slightly reducing real time. So that's pretty good, you know, especially for people that are, uh, Still haven't gotten their master or what is it? Master Fisher? That's not that's not it. Well, clearly you are one of those people. Who yeah, cl- yeah, <laughs> yeah, clearly I'm not. Um, and I also it's am, something it's angular. Master Angler, yeah. Master Angler, yeah. Angler, not Angular. I said Angler. Yeah. Mm, pretty sure I said Angular. But it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's close. But yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, uh now they have the food, the Artem one, you know, that helps you. You have the champion points that help you and a companion. So they're really giving you no excuse at this point to not go out and try and finish that up if you haven't. <laughs> cough cough, me and dog. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And then the uh, other companion, a- Azendar, grants Azendar's inquisitiveness, which gives you a chance to discover research portfolios when searching containers. Portfolios can contain crafting recipes, treasure maps, research notes, survey reports, and other documents of value. So, like, you know, trash, pretty much. <laughs> trash I mean... that you sell. Like the 100, 250, that kind of trash. Crafting recipes could be cool, you know. Survey yeah. reports. That's like the only other way to get survey reports other than RITs. 
Yeah. I don't know what a research note is. I think it's just a... Oh. Like to reduce your research time? Maybe, yeah. Well, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be actually... That would be really good, actually. Yeah, so... Um, the only other thing I'd say about them is that Sharp as Knight is a warden, which is really cool. And Ozendar is an Arcanist. And I haven't got Ozendar yet. Uh, Sharp as Knight is actually, like, right there in the, right outside, like, the first city you go to. So, it's pretty, pretty cool. And he's a freaking warden. And I thought that was really cool to have a warden. Well, I'm playing my Arcanist because, yeah, they don't have a Necromancer one yet. That'll be next. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah, right. That's That should be the order. I mean, probably. That, that would stand to reason. But they don't have a... Do they have a Dragonite one? Yeah. I think so. I think that's what Bastion is. I was going to say, what is Bastion? Because Miri's a Nightblade. Isabel is a Templar. Uh, Ember's a Sork. Bastion must be a DK. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Dang, so the next time it'll be, well, theoretically, a Necromancer and some, you know, one of the classes. But we won't know which one. It'll be the first class to have two companions. Or it could be an Arcanist one. Wait, or, is, or is one of these an Arcanist? Yeah, Ozadar is, is, yeah. is an Arcanist. Uh, or yeah. they could just make one... Or they could just make two Necromancer companions. Or just one really so awesome companion that's actually two put into one. And that would be the best companion because it's Necromancer, so... I don't know. I don't think anything can ever beat, you know, Isabel. Well, that's that's except a tough for, except for maybe you know another uh, Templar. Oh God! All right. So uh, before we keep rambling here, um, the companions are super cool, though. Go check them out. But yeah, so there's a new trial as well. That one I haven't got to try. I'm super excited to though called Sanity's Edge, and there's a bunch of unique achievements for it. Um, there's a bunch of awesome achievement awards for completing the trial. There's a unique body and face marking, a unique mount, which is uh, something they've been doing uh, the last few trials now, uh, several different titles, and unique housing items, so a bunch of different cool reasons to get in there. Uh, you know, try and get in some guilds and some prog groups, especially if you want to try and do things like, um, you know, Godslayer kind of stuff, where you're going for perfecta runs and getting the mount, etc. That kind of stuff takes work, but there were two guilds that did it on the first day, got the perfecta in the trial, so that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Other than that, we've got 13. Yeah, you heard me right. 13 new item sets in this uh, 
beautiful, beautiful DLC. And of course, we've got them for you here. Most of mostly just the five pieces, uh, as we usually do. But uh, if there's something that entices you, it's definitely uh, something that you could go check out. Obviously, you know we got 13 sets, so we got we got to keep going along. But so crafted ones first, right, dog? Or no, Overlands, of course. Overland, yeah. So, firstly, we got Vivex Duality. This is the light Overland set. It's five-piece reads that after staying on one bar for 15 seconds, you gain 6636 Magicka and Stamina when bar swapping. There's a dev comment on this that says you must have the five-piece bonus on both of your bars in order to gain resources from the bar swap. I mean... Like, that is a decent chunk of Magicka and Stamina. But only after every 15 seconds is kind of like, eh. And it's like, you have to be on one bar for 15 seconds. So if I swap, if I am on my front bar for 15, swap to my back bar, get the proc, and then I do whatever buffs I have on my back bar, then switch back to my front bar... Then the timer resets, and if I wasn't on my back bar for 15 seconds, then I'm not going to get that extra proc. And 15 seconds would be a long time to sit there on one bar in, during rotation. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a long time for that. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a kind of an interesting one. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Let's check out the medium one, though. We've got Kimona Tong. The five-piece reads that on gaining kill XP from a monster, gain one weapon and spell damage for every 50 XP the monster is worth for 30 seconds. This bonus can stack up to a maximum of 540 weapon and spell damage, but is not affected by XP boosting effects. This one is interesting. I remember really being like, hmm, about it at first. It's just that... I I, I don't know. The buff lasts for 30 seconds, so that's nice. But to get that, that stack of... I mean, you do get a lot of XP, get it fast. So it's like... Uh, da, da, da. I don't know. I don't know, man. I like. I guess if it's like you're just doing like a, you know, oh whatever, like I'm leveling or something, maybe then. But it's not even. It's just like I. I. I mean, like I guess if I was leveling, I wanted to back, you know, upset like a second five piece. Then I'd be like always getting a bunch of XP, so I'd just like be always getting this cool weapon damage and spell damage uh, bonus. But other than that, I wouldn't see myself using it too much. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, I don't think five forty like five forty is a decent amount, but depending on like what you are and what you're running, there's definitely better options too. Yeah, that's why I was like, I mean, because 540 is a decent amount. Like, it's better than, um, you know, a handful of other sets for sure. But also, it's like, you're not going to wear in a, 
like a dungeon or trial i mean sure like when you're pulling trash mobs that's one thing but in a boss fight like you're, there's not gonna be enough you're not gonna be getting xp in that you know way to get that that buff so it's really just for kind of a like running through you know i mean it's an overland set and i guess that's really what it's intended to be used for yeah you have to get 27k experience for the max uh 540 so i wonder if like if you can kill multiple monsters to reach that if that counts or if it's just like yeah it says this bonus can stack up to so i'm thinking like each kill just keeps stacking it yeah but then once it's stacked up to the max then the 30 counts down i don't know i'm thinking maybe like public dungeons it might be good for but only if you're like really just running through and with getting big groups of enemies and stuff. Yeah. All right, so let's get to this uh, heavy overland set, and then I'll let you take over for the crafted ones, dog. So we've got Adamant Lurker. This is the heavy. The five piece reads that you gain 1505 health recovery while you are standing still. The dev comment on this reads. Movement abilities such as Bolt Escape or Critical Charge count as standing still. Me personally, I don't really like uh, that dev comment because it scares me thinking of Sorks just uh, Bolt Escaping away, standing still, getting an extra 1505 health recovery. I mean, that would be halved, but yeah. Oh, because PvP. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, still. I don't know, I kind of thought that would be possibly interesting, like, you know, for a tank, if you're going for, like, super health recovery, and you just, like, you know, if you're not a tank that moves around, you take that just stands there, and you want an insane health recovery build instead of pumping up uh, your overall health uh, so you could have extra stam or mag or whatever, then that could be something you look into. I mean, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, it's uh, significantly better than the uh, Beekeeper health recovery bonus. So I I wouldn't use that set because I don't stand still like ever. Yeah. So I have a hard time with standing still. I do too in the game. I'm not going to lie. But when I tank, I just plop down. But it's like there's so much like AOE and stuff going on that you do have to like take that into mm-hmm. account. How long can you really stand still? But, I mean, if it's popping on and off, like, oh, I'm standing still, oh, I'm not, oh, I'm standing still, oh, I'm not, then, like, can't you, like, watch your health, like, hit the recovery and then move and then, like, stop and then get the big recovery and then move and then stop? I mean, maybe, I guess. (laughs) I mean, if you really wanted to play that intricately, I guess. I mean... (laughs) As if there's not enough going on, right? I'm mean, getting 1500 isn't a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, it's not like the biggest deal in the world, I guess. When healing is still so uh, OP. Yeah. All right, so uh, now that we've rambled on, even though we only read the five pieces, we still ramble on about them. Let's hear about these crafted sets we got, dog. I'm. Definitely liking one of them, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I wonder what that one is. 
You'll find uh, out. All right. So the first one is uh, Shattered Fate. Uh, this one is a 12-piece set, and it has three bonuses. The uh, five-piece bonus it adds 79-18 offensive penetration. The 10 pieces add 687 weapon and spell damage. And then the 12 pieces adds 1528 crit chance. And there's a dev comment that reads, This item set only grants bonuses on the 5, 10, and 12 piece. How many pieces you wear is up to you. The 8000 penetration is like, woof. But especially for PvP, but the fact that it only gives you that all the way to the 5... Makes me like, I don't think a lot of people are going to wear it. I agree. Plus, you know, this Belord. Yeah. But I don't know. Still that, like, the 5 and 10, they're pretty nice for PvP. But there's so many 5-piece sets that you could pair together that would get you, you know, at least close to that, if not more, depending on the procs. Yeah. But... I still do like the concept of the 12-piece sets. So glad to see that wasn't a one-off thing. It's something they're trying out still. But that's not the set I've been liking. All right. Hmm. All right, so the next crafted set we have here in the notes is uh, Telvani Efficiency. Um, and its fifth piece reads, While you have a living companion, reduce the cooldown of their abilities by 50%. While you do not have a living companion, reduce the cost of your Magicka, Stamina, Health, and Ultimate abilities by 8%. So this is definitely an interesting set. Um, this might be something that I use instead of a Seducer on new characters. Although, I wonder what happens if you just don't have a companion. If you don't have a companion, do you always get that 8%? Or does it just void? Nah, yeah, when you don't have a companion, you get that 8% at all times. When you don't have a companion out, or does the companion actually have to be dead? No, I think it's just like, if you don't have a companion out. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's definitely interesting. I guess that uh, might but... take up my seducer. Yeah, I know. It's uh this is the one that I've been liking and I actually I did pull up the other uh like items pieces on the way up because they're also really good. You just get one of each max stam health and magicka on the way up, which is very nice. And um I saw some uh videos one by Deltia for sure, where uh, his freaking um, companion was just wrecking when he was wearing this set because of the 50% cooldown. I mean, for my level 6 companion, who only has three skills active and has no companion gear on him, he's not... I don't think it's making that big of a difference so far. But... I am excited to, uh, I'm definitely going to have it, you know, in my person. Because being on a tank, it's so nice to have a companion there because I am set up where I could still do some damage, you know. But it's nice to have the companion there doing damage as well. 
and this set allows them to be even stronger so it's perfect for a dude making a tank for his first arcanist uh you know who happens to be me so i've been liking that one hmm well definitely interesting um I wonder how that would pair up with uh, Isabel because her Templar shield makes it so that uh, she re- uh, reduces a bunch of damage taken, like a lot. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I, 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 uh, I, my companion build for her makes it so that her shield is has one hundred percent uptime. So, like, she only dies if she gets hit by like two or three big hits at the same time because I'm a healer, you know. So I can she. So once she gets hit to like half, I'm like, nah, you stay up. So yeah, no, it would just make her god pretty much. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, I, if I were that set, I might just be able to focus on you know like actual damage and just be like, all right, well, yeah, now I have exactly. a tank and a DPS companion. So definitely interesting. Yeah, you'll have to try it out. I will. Yeah. When you get Necron, see now you have to get Necron just for that set. I guess. Yeah. Or can I craft? Can I just craft it for you though? Yeah, you could probably just craft it for me. Yeah, yeah so there you go. That's something that you can do on a PC. Yeah, I could do it for you right now. Yeah. Not right now, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. And then the uh, last crafted set is Seeker Synthesis. And this one reads When you cast an ability that costs resources while in combat, you reduce your potion cooldown by 0.6 seconds. This effect can occur once every 0.6 seconds. So that's definitely interesting. Um, I don't know if that's really worth it on like a five set piece, but definitely interesting. It is really interesting. I <clears throat> I did think about this one a lot for PvP, like because you're always every ability you cast costs resources. And if your potion is like, so it's every 0.6 seconds and it's allowed every 0.6 seconds. So that means that in 10 of those things, that would make 60 seconds, right? Or six seconds. Six seconds. Six seconds. So every six seconds, you can make it happen 10 times. And that would mean that your potion goes down six. No, God, no, this math is too hard. Yeah, I don't know where you're going with that math. I was just trying to see how much your your potion would go down, you know, like if you're just doing combat, you know, always for 10 seconds, then... I guess, uh, let's see, I can't do this. This is too hard. This set is, uh, sounds good if you're good at math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which Bob is not, so. <laughs> I majored in history, what can I say? Definitely not the history of math. <laughs> uh, no, I made it to calculus and that was it. I'm more of a uh, statistics kind of guy. Which I guess this would probably fall under the jurisdiction of. So let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. Got, well. 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, that, that that's all I had. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so we do have, uh, of course, some last sets here for you guys. The trial sets. Always some fun, exciting ones. And we're going to get right through them. So first we've got the light damage set, peace and serenity. The five piece reads, while you are standing still, you gain 465 weapon and spell damage. While you are moving, you gain 203 health, magicka, and stamina recovery. Now there's a dev comment for this. It reads that movement abilities such as bolt escape and critical... Oh, it's the same freaking one because they're standing still. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is interesting as well. But DPS is even harder to stand still, in my opinion. Um, and 203 recovery of each is not really enough to make up for that. And, yeah, I don't know. And trial sets, you know, you got to keep in mind they all do have their, like, little passive or like oh if you're dps one you know you do more damage to monsters or if you are a tank you take less damage from monsters or whatever yeah five percent yeah so that's what makes these trial sets all really cool but five piece like this i don't think it's really gonna outperform something like sororia or uh you know reliquins or even false god so it's interesting, and especially if you're just standing still, then maybe it's something you want to try out. If your guy stands in the back, off to the side, but there's so much moving around in this content that um, I don't know if something like that could be viable. It's interesting though. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Sororia, like you stand still in Sororia, but you can at least move like you know two inches to the left, two inches to the right. Yeah, I mean, you can move out of... You don't have to stay in the circle. You have yeah. four seconds once you move out. So you can... You have some movability. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time standing still when I parse. So this is definitely not the set for me. So. <laughs> and and the, the target dummy doesn't move, but I, I do. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah. That's why dog can never send a parse video to a high up guild. <laughs> like, no. why are you moving so much? Stop. Yeah, I've gotten a message before being like, you know, you you would uh, hit higher numbers if you just like didn't move as much. Like, if you just stood still, like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> like, look, guys, I'm not gonna be standing still content anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest with each other. Yeah. All right, so for the medium uh, damage set as well, obviously, for medium, it's the only one. Uh, we've got On Souls Torment. This five piece is going to read that you increase your damage done against monsters by 7%, which I'm assuming is extra on top of the other passive it has. And when you interrupt an enemy, you increase your damage done against monsters by an additional 7% for 10 seconds. That's good, but all these tanks are always taking the freaking interrupts. Yeah, that that is one hundred percent true. Unless if you have a bad tank. Yeah. So the key the key thing with this set is that you need a bad tank. 
But I mean, like, are you really getting an interrupt every 10 seconds? No, definitely not. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Not unless if you're, like, using Crushing Shock or something. But you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be doing that on a, you know... In a medium armor build. Yeah, unless if you're just using weapons and jewelry for it, but... Yeah, I could do that. I was thinking maybe, like, as a tank you could, but, like, why do you need extra weapon and spell damage to tank? Other than for healing, but that's why there's a healer. But it's not even weapon and spell damage, it's damage done. Oh, that's right, that's right, against the monsters. Yeah. If it was for your group, that'd be... Interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. If that last, even if that just that last part was that when you bash, then your group would get that extra seven percent damage. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. That actually might make people run it. Uh, okay, so let's keep moving along here. We've got the heavy set. Uh, this is gonna be test of resolve. Still in the trial sets. Five piece is gonna read that. When you take damage while under 35% health, your resolve is tested. If you are also able if you are also below 50% stamina, you restore full health, magicka, and stamina while also gaining major protection and major aegis for 10 seconds. If you're above 35% stamina, you become a beacon of hope for 20 seconds, causing your major and minor buffs to also grant major ages for 10 seconds. This effect can occur once every 45 seconds. Dang, almost once a minute? Yeah. It's an interesting set. Very wordy. Um... Yeah, break it down because it was very wordy. You want me to break it down? Oh, yeah, I had to read the whole thing. What, the, <laughs> what, the, what, what is I saying? So, when you take damage below 35% health and below 50% stamina, you, you restore all your health, all your magicka, all your stamina. So, like, a full reset. And you gain major protection and major agus, which I think major protection is, like, increases your defense by or no, it reduces your damage taken by 10% and major agus reduces your damage taken from monsters by 10%. And then so pretty much if you're under 35% health but over 35% stamina for the next 20 seconds you're this beacon thing and any buffs you deal out which if you're an arcanist you're dealing them out all day really any class let's be real also grant major ages to what that person for 10 seconds no to yourself for 10 seconds so any major or minor buffs that you cast so if you give yourself like major resolve or yeah you know your armor buff that would give you major agus for 10 seconds so really there's a sweet spot in here but for in between 35 to 50% stamina where if you get that where if you get to, so if you get hit just right then that's that's actually a really good set but it, you, it has to be hitting just right for it to for you get the both things so definitely interesting 
All right, and for this last trial set, we've got the Transformative Hope, the Light Healing Set. Well in combat, when you heal yourself or an ally that is below 50% health, you ignite a spark of hope within them for three seconds. If they're above 90% health when the effect ends, you and the ally gain major heroism for 15 seconds. And that effect can occur once every 20 seconds per target. So that's an interesting set. Um, I'm not really a big fan of major heroism in general, but um, this could be a good way to get yourself major heroism a lot, which means you can throw more barriers, and having your DPS have major heroism can be pretty good too. Um, so that they can ulti dump faster. So I think the I think the big or the uh, major problem is that it ha uh is that it happens whenever you heal someone on below fifty percent health. Which uh, I mean, I guess there's certain times where like they'll like just do a lot of damage to a whole group. So that might be interesting. But yeah, I definitely a situational set for a healer. Yeah, it is nice to have major heroism. Alrighty, so that's the uh, Overland, the Crafted, and now the uh, Trial sets. So now we're going to go on to, you know, the new Mythic Items and Antiquities with the chapter. And the first one is the Glyphic Music Box and Necram Alchemy Station can be discovered through Antiquities. That's like the two big antiquities you can get with this chapter. And then as always for, uh, you know, new zones, there are leads for an antique maps. One for the Telvani Peninsula and another one for Apocrypha. And then lastly, there's also three mythic items that you can get. The first one is Velothi Ermage's Amulet. This is, you know, necklace. And it'll add 1650 offensive penetration and increases your damage done to monsters by 15%, grants minor force, and reduces your light and heavy attack damage by 99%. So this is an interesting one for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This one, like if it was just reducing your light attack by 99%, I would be more okay with it but it also affects heavy attacks which i don't know kind of make kind of makes empower completely useless and there's uh, a lot of things you can just throw you and there's a lot of things that kind of just throws empower at you so yeah i don't i'm not a huge fan of this mythic but bob i think you like this mythic right yeah i mean the only thing with me and Mythics is <laughs> the getting the leads to them. And I think this one has some tough ones. But uh, I am excited to get on the hunt for them. Let's, let's put it that way. Yep, so that Mythic is Bob approved then. For now. After, for now. Yeah. <laughs> you as have as to get I it like first. It when I get it, yeah. But I think I will. Alrighty. The uh, next mythic is Esoteric Environment Greaves. 
and these are heavy legs. Uh, it reads, while you are above 50% stamina, reduce your damage taken by 50% and lose 968 stamina whenever you take dam direct damage up to once every 0.25 seconds. And there's a dev comment on, on it, and it reads, this stacks with other damage mitigation sources such as block. So this is definitely interesting. And I think my... And I don't think I really like that mythic because I feel like that's just going to eat your stamina as a tank. Like, you lose pretty much a thousand stamina whenever you take direct damage. So, yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't know. It's definitely an interesting one. It's just... You really got to play with your, your stamina, you know? Yeah, and that's such such a scary and risky thing, when even running takes stamina. I guess the bright side is that once you get below fifty percent stamina, it'll kind of just doesn't work anymore. But I mean, I don't know. Alrighty, and then the last mythic is the Crypt Can Investments. This is gonna be the light chest, and this reads: You can no longer cast ultimate abilities. Instead, casting an ultimate ability transfers your ultimate resource to your living group members, divided equally among them, and you gain heroism at all times. And there's a dev comment on the internet reads, The Cryptcan investment replaces your ability to cast ultimates. You will not be able to proc other sets that rely on casting ultimates, such as Lamia's Song and Belorg. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting one for healers because tanks usually have their ultimate that they use for, you know, uh, like Warhorn or uh, Molten Shell to, you know, help keep themselves alive longer. Um, whereas I feel like healers, like, maybe they'll throw out a barrier or they'll do their own, like, Warhorn thing, but this might be something that uh they do for, like, I don't know, farm runs or something. I definitely think that's, that this will be an interesting and very situational mythic to have. You have any thoughts on the mythic? I don't know. They do do a really good job with the mythics in the trade-off of making it like, ah, oh, man, is it worth it? Is it not? And it really does come down to your play style. But... I do like the concept of it, like, helping your group members out and having minor heroism at all time, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's something I would use just because I love so many of the ultimates and losing them will be, will be tough. But if it turned out to be meta, then I could see it being something I run, for sure. But I mean, even if you had 500 ultimate and divided it equally among your teammates, then it's an, I mean, I guess that is an alright number, you know? It's like 175 each. Or 160 each. Something like that. 163 each. But regardless, that's a decent enough amount. Depending on their ultimate, it's almost enough for an ultimate in itself. Yeah. It might be useful for, like, you know, farming or something. 
having that like on a tank if you're just farming like some normal dungeon. Yeah. All right, so that is going to do it for our mythic set pieces. And as far as uh, the rest of the little side stuff for Necrom goes, there are going to be a bunch of new collectibles. We've got two pets, two mounts, an emote, two mementos, an adornment, three face slash body markings, a costume, two outfit style pages, and three dies. And you might be saying, did you really say two pets, two mounts? Yes, yes I did. And are those both earnable, dog? Yeah, these are all earnable. Wow, what a life. What a time to be alive. Yeah. So there's plenty of out there to go earn in Necrom other than just running around doing the usual stuff. So make sure you go uh, find out all these achievements you want to get and all these ways to earn this cool stuff. And while you're doing that, there's also a new Tales of Tate. Tales of Tribute deck called uh, Almalexia. So there's uh, that, and that, that has all those, you know, they're not leads, but they're something else. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, you gotta go like kill devil bosses or do yeah, stuff or like, like that. clues or something that you get them from, but yeah. Yeah, well, it's just a drop, and then when you put the pieces together, I mean, you don't have to like go do anything after. I don't I want to know. I've never done them before, so. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that uh, that deck is definitely interesting. You guys should go try that out if you're into Tales of Tribute. We also got some new homes, Journey's Edge, Journey's End Lodgings, and uh, their uh, little description of this says, whether taking part in funerary rites or simply visiting the Dark Elf City of the Dead, visitors to Necrom can rest easy with the, within the confines of this spacious room inside the Mourner's Solace Inn. Full privacy, even from ancestral spirits, is guaranteed. So you can earn this in-room, as always, by completing the Room to Spare quest in Necrom's Mourner's Solace Tavern, or can be purchased for 3,000 gold if you've already completed the quest elsewhere. If you have completed the quest elsewhere, you should just be able to go on a new character and do that instead. Get it for free. However, 3,000 gold is not very expensive. So make sure you go get your nice little in-house in Necron. Give yourself a free port over there. Yep, and the, uh, the other house that they added with Necron is Emissarius Enclave. And this one reads, Years ago, Tribunal Priests requested a Necron-based residence for an emissary and their staff. Today, this expansive home with scenic terraces is privately owned and seeks a caretaker. Perhaps you, until an emissary of the three needs it again. And this, this home will be available to purchase for 1.3 million gold upon completion of the Necron Grand Adventure Achievement. So uh, yeah, I don't did the did they have a personal big home for High Isle, and I just forgot about it, or I I don't think I've ever really paid attention to the new homes, honestly. But I know that mm -hmm. they used to do it, but 
I know they did for Leowin. I can't remember the one for High Isle. The one for Leowin was pretty cool too. It was like right there. Yeah. And go ahead, dog. Tell them about these furnishings. Alrighty. Well, there's a ton of new furnishings. There are 101 new furnishing plans, which can be attained from monsters, containers, and more across the Telvanni Peninsula and Apocrypha. There are five new book furnishings and five new furnishing plants that can be found in Bastion Nimic. There are 11 new home good furnishings that can be purchased from Merkholg in Necrom, including an array of mushrooms that can be found across the Telvanni Peninsula, along with a selection of Apocrypha-style foliage and rocks. And I know you love your mushrooms. I do. Well, some of them. The ones that look like they have the little frillies coming off and I got to stand on the stage with. Those were cool. I'll put those all over. Yeah, with the um, tall I... ones that are like 80 feet? Nah, that's, that's not cool. No. Not I'm for sure. Me. I'm sure Mokhulk definitely won't have, you know, uh, Bob Chichinsky stealing from his shop anytime soon. I don't think so. I think so. I, I think it's a high possibility. There's also 12 new achievement furnishings that can be purchased from Visay and Necrom once you completed the associate achievements. There's a set of 10 new paintings, which can be rarely found in, in treasure chests across Necrom. Paintings are fun. Uh, there's 14 new antiquity furnishings, to, including a new Telvanni-themed alchemy station. That's actually pretty cool. I like the uh, special furnishings. Uh, there's a new bus and trophy celebra- uh, for celebrating your victory and sanity's edge trial. And lastly, there are four tapestries featuring the art from two different Tales of Tribute cards, which can be earned as rare rewards from Tales of Tribute matches. Well, at least they've got, you know... Some good rewards for the tribute stuff for people to go earn. Some good incentive. Like tapestries. Yeah, well, you know, exactly. So, with all these furnishings and everything else, this update introduces 103 new achievements and 7 new titles. And don't worry, we're not going to go through the all 100. (laughs) (laughs) You guys thought, though, for a second. (laughs) Yeah, we're not even covering the seven new titles, because I didn't look to see. That would have been smart, and that's not something that I did, so. I'm sure one of them is Savior of Necrom. Oh, you know it. It's definitely Savior (laughs) of Necrom. So that's a good one to go get. Yeah. There are also a couple of new... Known issues, uh, just one or two. With the Keeper of Fate, your quest progress may become blocked if you are in a group and trail behind while in the Necrom Catacombs. Be careful of that. And with the Double Edge quest, your quest progress may become blocked during the step to defeat the mercenaries if a group mate first completes the step to find Rainilla, which I believe that's the quest to do sharp as night and get him as your companion so but yeah i guess you know the moral of the story is to not lag behind you know or don't leave your friends in the dust don't be that guy yeah dog no i would never 
I don't know when you're oh, doing I, pulls of hundreds and hundreds of enemies. Well, that's different. All right, that's not a quest. That that those are you know enemies. That's true. And then there's another one that uh, I've kind of seen, and I think they've mentioned it. I think probably. I don't know. I haven't been on the forums in a few days, but uh, there's also a, a visual bug where sometimes your food and experience scroll buffs will disappear, but you will still have the effects up. So it's just like it's just a visual bug. Um, very annoying because I uh, keep going. I keep running through my, you know, hundreds of crown food that I have. So I haven't had it happen to me, but dogged had it happen all night while we were playing. So yeah, I'm very you know salty about it. Like, why can't Bob get the issue? Like, no, why do I no, have no. to get the issue but not Bob? Maybe you should get a new PC. I don't think that would help. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it will. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. All right, guys, so that is going to bring us to our little midway break where we want to remind you we're part of the oh-so-wildly-popular robotsradio.net where if you go check out all the shows over there, you're guaranteed to like at least three of them. That's what I've heard over the entire world. You may only like three, but you may love the rest of them. I don't know. You just have to go find out for yourself. Robots Radio. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series. Like, what are Dragon Breaks? How does Chim work? Where did the Dwemer go? And more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. All right, all right. So uh, thank you guys for sticking with us, and we're right back at you. And now that we've got through the uh, combat stuff, the Necrom stuff, we have all that's left is the Update 38 stuff. So there's plenty of that still to be had, of course. And this is really where the meat of the episode is. So we're going to just get right into it. Dogged, why don't you take it away, man? Uh, let's hear some of this update 38 changes. Some of this, uh, I'm sure you got all the good random stuff right off the bat, right? I don't know about good random stuff, but, you know, it's the important stuff, right? Like, That's what we want to have first. Yeah, exactly. Like, the uh, reset timer changes. Uh, so this is kind of like more standardization. You're... They changed the monthly leaderboards, Cyrodiil, and Tribute campaigns. They, all of those will now reset on the first of each month. Uh, for Cyrodiil campaigns, starting with this update and moving forward, each of the old 30-day campaigns will default to resetting on the first of the month and at the daily reset time. But then as a one-time adjustment, any campaigns which would have reset sometime in June will instead reset in, on the first of July. And then for Tribute campaigns, while these already reset on the first of each month, tribute campaigns will now reset at the daily reset time as well. Which is like two in the morning for me. Yeah. Probably. Sounds like right. 
And then lastly, sharing Hercene's gift, which uh, werewolf lincanthropy, lincanthropy, and noxophilic saying vampirism uh, will change from a seven-day cooldown to be on a weekly reset timer instead. So, yeah. So just a little bit of standardizations over there. So, makes it easier on everybody. And thus for, you know, keeping scores for Cyrodiil. Now it's not going to be like, you know, oh, consoles are on this, and then PCs like two weeks later. So, all right. So this one is a pretty good change and probably, you know, probably one of my favorite scenes that they uh, added in the chapter. And it's uh, collectible favorites. Uh, collectibles can now be favorited and have them sorted from the top of the UI in the collections menu to uh, favorite a collectible. If you're on keyboard, you right click the collectible and select add to favorites on game pad. You press the actions keybind and select add to favorites, which is, I think is like Y on controller, I think, or triangle on, you know, PlayStation controller. Yeah, that's, that's a cool change. I feel like that was already a thing, but I must've been wrong. Maybe no. I was thinking about like, costumes or hairstyles wasn't that a thing for those no huh i don't know yeah maybe i'm just thinking for the transmute they're the polymorphs but i thought there was more oh but uh there's a limit of 100 total favorites across all collectible categories except for mounts where there is no limit so this is, you know, probably my favorite thing this chapter because I can finally use like all of my really cool mounts on Xbox that I have and I can like actually locate my hat whenever I actually change out of my hat and I never remember the name of the hat. So th th I think that's probably my favorite part is that I'll be able to find my hat easier when I mess up. They also added random random mounts, which is kind of like a little added on portion portion to that uh you can now set your active mount to random favorite mount or random mount when random favorite mount is selected activating your mount in the world will pick one of your favorite mounts each time with random mount selected instead it will choose from all your collected mounts instead so uh the first thing that i did was uh, uh on bc was like all right which uh, which mounts do i like on here and unfortunately i think i only had like one mount that i liked so pretty sad but all right so that wraps up the uh collectible favorites and the random mounts and like i said before probably my favorite thing coming this year in eso uh do you want to add anything else bob yeah i mean like i just think it's a great feature to add something that honestly is like i never even want to thought to add it's kind of cool and I th almost think it's cooler that you could do it for your companions. Like, because setting a mount for your companion is like, sometimes you want to go with their motif or something that matches you, or you can't pick between them, or you can't do any, you just can't pick because you're a super indecisive person. And, you know, that's me. So you just slap a random mount on them, which is totally awesome. But also, I did end up, 
having the same mount as my companion in the middle of uh, Necrom earlier, and I was like, oh, this is kind of random now and awkward, but hey, that's part of uh, random mount, you know, scenario, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you really picked up on my pun, but I did say the favorites is my favorite thing this chapter, maybe even this year. You know, favorite, favorite. Use the same word. Not really a pun, but you know. Stretching, bro. You are you are deep <laughs> stretching right now. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's another game that's like I really want to have favorites, and that's Sea of Thieves. But they don't have favorites. And that's that's like if ESO has favorites and Sea of Thieves should have favorites. You know? That's true. A- a- every game that has collectibles should have favorites. And you know, we should probably save this random um, see if these conversation for another time. But did you see that on the Xbox Game Showcase where they're like, "Oh, Sea of Thieves and Lucasfilm," but then it had nothing to really do with like Lucasfilm. I was like, "Wait, when did they become like a part of this?" No, I didn't watch the Xbox Game Show because it was on a Sunday. Oh, so I'll and see. I, there I you worked go. a Sunday, but yeah, I'll have to watch now. <laughs> Well, there you go. And anyone else like Dog who didn't watch <laughs> Xbox Case in that case, I would highly recommend doing that. Um, but yeah. So uh, I'm sure you will have plenty more puns here in the upcoming notes, Dog. So let's uh, keep plowing ahead here because we, we're about halfway done. About halfway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know. Well... I guess we'll have to continue and find out. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have a uh, filleting multiple stacks of fish. I or I guess you know multiple fish in general. Right. They added the capability to fillet multiple fish simultaneously. This feature can be accessed by visiting any provisioning station. There is a new tab at all provisioning stations dedicated to filleting fish. You can fillet multiple stacks of fish simultaneously. And filling one fish at a time from your inventory remains unchanged. So I don't know about you, but I have over 2,500 fish on Xbox waiting to be filleted all on my Magblade right now. So I have not actually done it, but when you go to a provisioning station, it is not even like uh, when they said tab, I thought it would be like the furnishing, like you tab over to it. Well, Okay, I mean, to be fair, I am talking about the, you know, console UI, because I use a controller. So that's was my imagination. I don't really know how it is on PC, so everyone don't judge me. But it, um, it's like, boom, it's like the first thing. Instead of going to, like, you go to, like, provisioning or flaying. There's, like, two options there. So if you just press A, it's like filleting which i thought was kind of like maybe provisioning should be the top option but you know it's still the coolest thing ever so i'll give him a pass you know there's probably a limit on how much fish you to fillet it's probably a thousand like how it generally uh, generally is so but i mean that means that instead of having to press a you know over 2500 times i could press a three times well I'm going to assume it's by a stack of certain fish, personally. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, that, that still doesn't change. It's, I okay. Well, so I'm ever going to have to press a 2,500 or over 2,500 times to like, you know, let's say 20 times. Yeah, like that is significantly better. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's such a low drop rate that you get perfect rollers just like hanging on and just pressing a a thousand times. And you get it like never, and it's, it could really be demoralizing. So, you know, much better off just fillet the whole stack and be like, "Oh, cool, I got one," and then it doesn't feel as bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever gotten, uh, you know, perfect row from filleting fish before. But then again, I press A like four times. Maybe, maybe I get up to like eight, and I'm like, "All right, I'm doing something else now. This is stupid." Well, that would definitely be the reason you've never gotten it because <laughs> you could fillet a whole stack without getting one. Unfortunately, man, that that sounds awful. I'm glad I've never done it that way before. Well, how else would you do it besides buying it? Uh, you get it from boxes, you know, the anniversary boxes one yeah. time a year. Yeah. That's how I've gotten most of my perfect crew. Well, you're clearly not using it very often, then. Oh, yeah. I don't use it there. I don't make, you know, those... Uh... Well, dog, obviously, this is more important to the people that are farming, and that's how they get it, is from filleting fish. It's, it's how you do it. Are you telling me you didn't know this? What? That that's how you get perfect row? No, no, I, I knew that that's how you get perfect, bro. Okay. What are you okay. talking about? <laughs> I, I just well, never right, had the patience of sitting down there. Okay, you know? well, fair I, enough. Yeah. But yeah, that that's going to be, you know, it already is definitely changing the lives of PC players and console players. You are only a few days away, and we know you can't wait. So save them. Save your stacks. So, Doc, do you know how long I've been waiting for this change? I don't know. What change are you talking about? How about the change that we've been bragging about since I attended the majestic ESO celebration in Vegas? That Stuga will no longer be following you around. She is a stationary figure in a lot of places still, but, you know, she doesn't run after you or up to you, or she doesn't really, she's pretty much done enough running for her life. Her lats are um, god tier, so she just chills now. It's a thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think she uh, endlessly chased you down anymore. Like, she did it once and then stopped whenever you go into a city. But I don't know. Maybe just, you know, she just works different in the bad faction cities of, you know, Davinge Watch, Vocal Guard. You know, those cities aren't really known to be on the up and up, like, you know, Daggerfall. So. Or maybe you just smell bad, your character in the game. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's that, you know, the factions that, that, you know, Vocal Guard. Gavin's watch they're just from you know shady factions so. you know I uh, traveled to Volko Guard a lot and she 
She follows me, dog. I've never seen her in vocal guard, so. Well, that's <laughs> that is just not even that can't be possible. She's I don't go there. to vocal guard. <laughs> oh my god! What about the Jester's Festival? I mean, I only do the Jester's Festival quest on my main character, so. It's already done. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, for everyone else that isn't dogged, there you freaking go. It's happened. Yeah. So next up, we have the Empower change, and they reduced the bonus to 70% down from 80%. And there is a dev comment on here, and it reads, Since we've worked, since we've started working on heavy attack build viability in the past year, we've seen a massive surge in their use which is absolutely phenomenal for seeing more players being able to participate in endgame content at a much digestible pace. While we're happy to see these builds being ran, we're seeing these builds inch a little too close to some of the high-end builds, while how much more simplified they are, and in some rare cases, they're outperforming a standard build. We're cutting down the damage bonus here ever so slightly in hopes that when you have Empower with a bunch of other heavy, heavy attack bonus sets, the numbers are still nice and juicy, but not as close to a full-on light attack build. Uh, so, yeah. What do you, so, yeah. I mean, 10% drop. It's, uh, you know, not the biggest drop in the world. But when you pair it with certain other things other than sets that they are changing, like Storm Masters, I mean, it could start adding up. But, I mean, what do you think, dog? I know you were working on some heavy set, some heavy attack builds. Well, I know on my uh, non-heavy attack build that my, you know, light attack heavy, or my lightning heavy attack was outdoing my damage of jabs. So I definitely agree that even just the empowered buff without any heavy attack bonuses made it a bit strong because I don't think your uh, lightning heavy attack should be out damaging, you know, jabs. That seems a bit ridiculous to me. But, uh, you know, unless if you're doing like a fully fledged heavy attack build. But yeah, so I definitely agree with that point. Um, yeah, I still think uh, heavy attack builds are going to be viable. It's just weird to me because they're like, Oh, they're still going to be nice and juicy, but they're not going to be as close to a full light on full on light attack build. And I'm like, why? Why does light attack need to be better than heavy attack? And I never even like ran a heavy attack build. So like I have no reason to truly defend this. Like I went and grinded for one and then ended up starting to play more on PC than Xbox. So it literally like had no effect on me at all. Like I play a totally different build on PC. I don't run a heavy attack build, but and I didn't like that it was more powerful, like way OP, because you know I feel like it was easier to get, like especially the sets for these uh, specific types of builds. You could transplant them on any type of class. Um, and it really, it did undermine some of the other builds that people had, you know, worked on and, and you know, gotten hard sets for in dungeons and trials, etc. But, all that aside, like, why can't they be, like, on the same level, you know? I mean, and maybe, 
Yeah, so maybe leave it on the same level and make the nerf the sets and make some different heavy attack sets that people have to grind for and new dungeons, you know, or new trials that are harder and it'll make up the difference in a better or different way. But I don't know. And I mean a lot of people are clearly still going to run these builds. They're super powerful, especially for Overland, normal dungeons, you know, a lot of vet dungeons, a lot of uh, trials, especially normal trials, vet crag trials. Like, I mean, even if you're pushing into endgame stuff, clearly you could still um, do this. That's why they're nerfing it back a bit. So it makes sense that they needed to nerf it back a bit. But... Um, I don't know. I just don't want to see it go back to a point where um, it gets to like it was before. Like, I really liked that they are given an option to get away from light attack weaving. And I guess my long rambles really, like, that's what it's all about is, like, I don't want light attack weaving to be the only option of DPS in this game anymore. Like, I'm tired of it. It's not how I like to play. Um, animation canceling and doing all that. I mean, it's fun. Like, it's cool. Because it's, it helps you hit high numbers. That's always why it was cool. But if there are other options to hit the same numbers, I would personally rather do that. I think it is more enjoyable way to play the game, personally. Um, but yeah, so I just hope that they continue to, uh, try and create options like that, like those heavy attack builds really did in that last patch. They really opened a whole new, uh, you know, genre of DPS almost not opened it, but brought it back because something that hadn't been around in quite a while, other, something other than, you know, light attack weaving. Yeah, what's also nice is that uh, pretty much any class could do it. Whereas I think before it was mainly just the sort that had the uh, easy heavy attack build. But uh, yeah, yeah, you could just supplant it on any class pretty much. Yeah, which was a problem, but also a something that is good. Yeah, the only problem is that they're all you know, oak and soul builds and just. Uh, heavy attacking, so not a lot of class uh, identity, I guess, goes into it. Yeah, I would agree. But yeah, so moving on from that, uh, they uh, we're just going to keep on going through the notes here. Um, we'll, we'll try not to break down every note as much, um, but Definitely, we were hitting some of the big ones first. So, uh, we have some bug fixes here for some of these next ones. So, they fixed an issue where swapping bars while blocking and out of resources while under the effects of Trifocus or Stormweaver's Cavort could disable block until you drop block and reactivated it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty important important i mean trifocus what is that from dog trifocus is the uh death show staff it's when you do your fully charged heavy attack 
So fully charged infernos, the damage. Fully charged ice tap gives you the damage shield. So maybe it's based off of that. But... Oh, while at, while an ice tap is equipped, blocking cost magicka and equip uh, instead of stamina. So might be that. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> like, okay. So yeah, that's that's important. And then they uh, fixed an issue where sprinting while heavy attacking could lock you in sprint. Lock you in sprint? Just like running in place or just like infinitely running? I think that's like where the, uh, even when you like stop sprinting, I don't think it registers that you stop sprinting. So you kind of just drains your stamina. Like, I, I, I think uh, that was, okay, that, okay. that was one of the like ongoing bugs. It used to be like really, big and then i think it, they kind of like fixed it and i think this one popped back up or it at least happened less often at least okay. yeah i think that's one that i have i remember seeing recently or yeah all right uh next up we have melee abilities within a range of five meters have all been increased back to seven meters to aid in their use while moving and to offer more breathing room and reliability reliability and landing there's also a dev comment here we're reverting the changes to melee attack range from years past to get them back to where they were since many of the original problems that caused the that pass to be needed originally have been resolved with other targeted changes over time it's our hope that this helps make melee attack abilities far less frustrating to utilize in mobile encounters as well as helping give melee builds slightly more reaction time to incoming mechanics. Note, this does not affect radius size abilities, only ranges. Well, holla-freaking-luya. I mean, other than for PvP, I think this is really awesome for PvE. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, being able to, you know, hit a bit easier is nice. Yeah, I mean... uh keeping up things like relic wins, um, you know, just getting your light attack weaves in, even heavy attacking from two meters further, um, you know, as a tank or whatever, just it gives just gives you more mobility, which is such a huge thing with combat in ESO, which I think really um helps define ESO's combat. And uh Giving you more mobility is always a good thing in this game while you're in active combat. So I think that that's a really great change back to what it used to be all of those freaking years ago. And I don't even think I knew like that they had changed it when it did, but I always had felt like um, it used to used to be able to hit from so much farther. So, glad to feel a little uh, validated on that. Yeah. All right, so we got some more uh, bug fixes here before we get into some of the class things that went on. So, they fixed an issue where you could become stuck resurrecting if you were hit by some staggers while resurrecting. So... Definitely sounds like a big problem for Trials and Dungeons and PvP, for sure. That's nice. 
And they also fix an issue where transitioning between zones or relogging could cause your current health to be lower than your max health when you had certain sources of max health bonuses, such as from champion points. So basically, where you're looking at your health bar and it's like not growing out to the full extent, you're like, what is happening? No, no. So what happens is that you would load in and your health bar isn't max. It's like not. You're like missing health. I get that on my warden all the time. I, I also am missing resources too whenever I load in. It's kind of, it is frustrating. I mean, granted, most of the time I'm just logging in into like, you know, a city. So it's not that much, but it's like, no, I need to heal myself right now because I, I want to be at full health. You never know when a crazy guard might come up and like, you know, backstab you or something. Uh, okay, I see. That is weird then. Especially, you know, especially for, you know, I don't know, accidentally hitting somebody with a dagger or stealing an axe that's on the ground. I mean, guards, we get like very violent for no reason sometimes. Yes. Well, when you uh, provoke them as you do. Yeah. Or in some cases, if you accidentally heal somebody with a clap heels on your Templar. <laughs> who is like violent or something and i'm just trying to run really fast but i use clap heals you know which is an aoe heal and i heal a person that's fighting guards and it's like oh by the way you have a bounty and we're angry at you it's like i just want to move around faster come on man <laughs> no dog no they're yeah. done with your fast movement yeah so am i, I guess all right, so they also fixed an issue where sources of invisibility from things such as Shadow Cloak or potions could still allow you to be detected by other players in some cases, such as when you were wearing too many pieces of heavy armor or when player targets had increased to stealth detection. I mean, that seems like that was okay. They, I, I don't think they need to fix that, you know? Being yeah, able to see night yeah. blades and, and while invisible is a good thing to me. And it's a bad thing to all night blades. <laughs> yeah. Especially for you to be able to see them. Yeah. You're a hound. That way I can chop them and, you know, before they go invisible again. Yeah. No. Not anymore, guy, apparently. Yeah. So they also fixed numerous issues where corpse-consuming abilities could or couldn't interact with corpses that had suffered unique death animations, such as disintegrating into a pile of ash, which is one you see pretty often. Corpse-consuming abilities can now interact with any pile of ash. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Any corpse that is consumable in nature, including piles of ash, Regardless of how the owner met their demise. As a necromancer, thank you. That's awesome. But I'm also an Arcanist now. And I'm also still my warden, so... I'm, just, I'm so many things now, dog. I think I'm in love with all new classes. And the old classes. I don't know, man. Don't make me pick things. I suck at picking things. Yeah, I mean, you just need to make sure that you pick Templar. Templar's the best, right? That's the one that I'm not going to pick, just because you... I don't know. I I think uh, you're wrong, but that's okay. 
I always enjoy playing my Templar, and I'm like, no, dog loves it too much. <laughs> well, you know what Lirant says, right? Uh, look, we both agreed that her um, portrayal in the Blackwood chapter was not as exuberant. So, well, I think that's an imposter. So, that wasn't Lirant, right? Lirant didn't, you know, bash necromancers. Or say flesh at Shinox or tools for the dim winded. So, was that really Deliranth? Who knows? I guess we'll never find out at this point, possibly. Okay, so before we get into our classes, the last thing they fixed an issue where a health desync could occur when you use some specific abilities in a specific combination, very specifically. Dogged, do you have anything to add on this? Yes, I do, actually. And in a very specific sentence, structured in a, a specific way that is specifically specific. How specific of you? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, dog. So uh, we've gone through these bug issues they've fixed. How about some of these class changes? Alrighty, well, first up we have the Dragon Knight. And the first one is Burning Talons Morph. And this morph's damage over time effect now will only apply to the target, similar to Acid Spray, to help the skill shine more in AoE situations where you are actively refreshing the skill. Note that it will still continue to stack for multiple targets. I don't know what it, what that really means, you know, but... Uh, but they also reduce the damage over time by approximately 27%, but they increase the duration to 5 seconds up from 4. So, kind of seems like a nerf to me, but I don't, I don't really know what the first part is. Well, I mean, basically everyone used to Talons would take the damage over time, but now it only applies to the, um, like... The enemy that you target. Oh, alright. Okay. Yeah. So that's definitely a nerf. I mean, the damage over time wasn't huge for yeah. Burning Talons, so it's not the biggest nerf ever, but... I mean... You know, when you're using that to do damage to, you know, a big group of adds or whatever, then that could definitely be... Frustrating, I guess, as like, you know, a tank. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And then the next change is Elder Dragon. This passive no longer extends the range of melee, melee attacks by two, as this is now once again the standard range. Uh, this passive now increases your health recovery by 259 per Dragonic power slotted rather than 5% per ability. So that that also kind of seems like a nerf to me. Although I guess it depends on I guess what like five percent is. So I guess for tanks that would be that's like a bit of a nerf, and for like non tanks that might be a bit of a buff. Yeah, I could see that. Just depends on how many you have slotted, I guess. Really. Yeah. So not too many changes for the Dragonite. Um, kind of a couple slight nerfs, if anything. 
Next, we go on to the best class, regardless what dog may tell you later. The Necromancer. Uh, and we have one change, and it's a good one. So on Flame Skull, you are spammable. Increase the damage bonus of the third cast for this ability, and it's more to 50% up from 20%. So it's not the whole thing, but that last... Um, cast gets a nice little burst of damage. Um, not totally going to put it back to where it used to be in its heyday, but it's always nice to get a little boost. Maybe it will help alleviate some of the, uh, you know, focus beam spam in PvP. Yeah, maybe, but who knows. Alright, next up we have the Nightblade, and first up we have Deathstroke. They increase the duration of this ultimate and morphs uh, debuffs to 8 seconds up from 6. There's a dev comment on here, and it reads, For the Masters of Assassination, the Nightblade class is a little bit further behind in single target damage than we'd like. We're increasing the uptime on this debuff to help Nightblades get more DPS and kill potential on priority targets. And I'm assuming they mean in PvE because if you are having, if you're struggling in PvP, then you're probably playing Nightblade wrong. Just gonna, you know, put that out there. But huh. yeah, definitely probably a PvE thing. I don't know, man. Deathstroke, uh, that debuff going an extra two seconds is gonna be annoying in PvP too. I mean, you just purify it. So, yeah. I guess. I mean, that's what I do whenever, you know, someone tries to incat me. I'm like, nope, purify, you're done. Well, I'm not a yeah. Templar, dog. Well, yeah, but, you know, there's also Purge. Although when they, you know, can incap you every 10 seconds, that's a bit of a not obnoxious. So, you know, I guess Templar I has the... I have room for Purge on my bar, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was just saying, you know, Templar has the benefit of having the cheaper Purify, where you can, you know, actually be able to Purify ten times in, like, a one minute because Nightblade's Deathstroke is, you know, super cheap. Well, you know, the Warden, when you use the Betty Natch, it removes um, a debuff from you. So, if you spam it enough, it might remove the right (laughs) one. All right, well, I guess there's that. Alright, next up we have a Path of Darkness. The effects from this ability and its forms will now apply more consistently rather than having different behaviors for line of sight rules across them. That's not the uh like ground AOE thing. Right? Path of Darkness, yes. How can you line of sight at ground AoE? You're either in it or you're not, right? Uh, I, I mean I don't, I don't know. <laughs> PvP is a complex thing, man. (laughs) I guess you can't, like, do it around a tree and, and, like, it... uh, Okay, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's gonna work better now, okay. Yeah, great. That's that's exactly exactly what I want to hear for my uh, (laughs) Nightblades that I just, you know, insulted on my uh, first, you know, thing. Yeah, exactly. Alright, next up we have a Summon Shade. And they fixed an issue where this ability and the Dark Shade Morph could return as ranged abilities in some cases. That'd be interesting. I don't know. 
they just is that just your shades like be like hey i'm here by the way and start shooting that's uh interesting i wonder what that bug looked like it's definitely not the intended <laughs> um use of the shade yeah and then lastly they have concealed weapon this morph now grants its damage done bonus for 10 seconds if major expedition was active when it while it was cast Rather than five for five seconds when major expedition ends or was refreshed to ensure the skill is used actively rather than passively, the damage bonus still operates the same for leaving sneak or invisibility. So that's inter- interesting. Uh, sounds like a bunch of buffs for your most favorite class. Yeah, unfortunately. So I guess, yeah, we'll have to see how your Templar fares later in comparison. Yeah. But first we have the Sorcerer. So there's actually a good handful of changes here. Well, at least one big one. So for Dark Exchange, this ability and the Dark Conversion Morph now also grant Minor Berserk for the 22nd duration they restore resources. As far as the Morph goes, Dark Deal... Uh, this morph now grants Minor Berserk and Minor Forest for the 10 seconds it restores resources. And the dev comment on this goes, These abilities are meant to be the class's primary resource restore skills. And while well, they do that just fine, they don't offer any other reason to run, leaving them feeling a bit behind when compared to other class resource skills like Restoring Focus or Bullnatch. To sweeten the dark deals occurring, we're adding some named buffs for the duration to help the class reinforce their spell-slinging nature, while making sure we don't push them over the top in high-end damage production with group compositions. I don't know. It sounds sounds pretty sus to me. Yeah, that's uh, interesting for sure. But I may have been playing Sork wrong, but I was never using Dark Deal that much, uh, personally. So or Dark Exchange. Nothing on that, Doc. Um, I'm trying to think what that skill is, honestly. I'm yeah, thinking, like I mean, you do health and you get resources back. Oh yeah, I mean that's kind of like a burst thing. Whereas the uh, restoring focus for the Templar and the Boldnesh, like that doesn't give you a good chunk of resources. That's like barely anything over time like maybe if you have it for the full 20 seconds you get like half the amount of uh dark deal but i don't know yeah so we'll see how that goes it may become a more wide used thing from what i've seen yeah. And then uh, we have Negate Magic. They say they fixed an issue with this ultimate and its morphs where they could not dispel another version of themselves. Previously, Negate Magic would only dispel Absorption Field or Suppression Field, but failed to dispel an enemy Negate Magic or any permutation where the ultimate were of the same version. Now, any version of these ultimates will actively dispel any version of the ultimates they are placed on if they are sourced from enemies. So, there you go. Your negates will now negate negates if they are named negates 
or not. I, I don't. Uh, I think I liked the old way better, where you could just have like two bad negates on, or like you know, you could have a good negate and a bad negate on top of each other, and like no one can just negate or, or can do anything in that area. I mean, but isn't it technically the same thing? Or no, because now no, everyone no. Can just do. Yeah. yeah, not now. Whoever has the biggest negate wins, I guess. Is that it's, it, or, or is it, or is it's, it it's just whoever, the second negate wins? Yeah, it's, it'll be the second negate wins. So I guess whoever has the most negate wins. That could know, actually. Oh well, the most negate, negates, the negate. Yeah, yeah, you can negate, you can negate, 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 and negate, and negate, and negate. Yeah. Or maybe it will make people more wary of just throwing down their negates because someone could negate their negate. Yeah. I guess that's possible. Probably not, though. They just, you know, chuck it down. I would. Yeah, well, you do. Yeah. I don't <laughs> play Swork often, so I just like, oh, negate. Haha. <laughs> I'm negate. dead now. <laughs> I did my thing. They also touched up the Summon Storm Atronach, and they uh, say that the synergy from this ultimate and its morphs charged lightning. Now grant major berserk for ten seconds, up from eight. So big old two increase on that. Never minding that it's major berserk. I'll take that all day. And they also increase the amount of targets the synergy will target to twelve, up from six. That is so cool. That is awesome. Yeah, the and, whole six thing was was a bit weird. Yeah, wow. it really was, especially for trial groups. Yeah. So there is a dev comment on this. So they say, since we've been slowly improving access to the highly coveted Major Berserk buff type, and then they have in parentheses, since we're pretty generous with Major Protection, um, and then they continue to say, we wanted to make sure this source stands out in the pack as a special case and reason to consider bringing a sorcerer or two to group compositions without making them feel mandatory. So I think that's actually a uh, pretty smart. Like if they were trying to make sorcerers more viable, that's definitely a good option, good way to go. That's a good change in that sense. Not that I want them to be, you know, more powerful, but I mean, they're that's definitely nice in PVE, you know. I always like grabbing synergy from the uh, Summon Storm Rachanok, you know. Even when I'm on my healer, I'm like, I gotta grab it. And so now that it applies to everyone, I'm not like, haha, I'm a healer that does 10% more damage. Now it's like, haha, I'm a healer that does 10% more damage. And you guys all also do 10% more damage. So, is am I crazy? I thought only one person could grab that before, uh, well, yeah, one person can grab it, but it, it used to apply to six. Now it applies oh. to 12. So when, like, you would grab it for our group, it would apply to all of us? Yeah. But I'm talking, like, before the change. Like, it, like uh, I would just always grab it because, you know, I don't really play on my quote-unquote healer that does damage. So. Yeah, but yeah. so then but, it would only apply to six but that's still more than four. I, I, I was as more talking about like before the change, like before they uh, change it to six. Okay, so it did only do one at one point. I'm not sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, it uh, did only do yeah. one at one point. Yeah. When did they change it to six? I don't know. Like last year, maybe. It, wow. it was a recent. It's a more recent change. Yeah, well, I'm sure we went over it in a patch notes that I did a yeah. podcast on. You probably forgot about it. Yeah. That's cr- yeah. I don't think I remember. I, I that think one. you need to re-listen to our uh, you know patch notes. <laughs> you know, figure yeah. out which one it was. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. <laughs> But uh, in the meantime, I'll continue to talk about the sorcery because we got one more point on them, and that's the, the summon volatile familiar morph. This morph's special active now only stuns on the second tick rather than the fourth and final ticks. To make the stun less volatile in nature and help reduce the passive feeling of the skill. To make up for this loss, we're increasing the chance of applying the charge status effect from the special active's damage to 5% per tick, up from 1%. Zap! Was that, was that a good enough zap, dog? Are you, are you satisfied? Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's good. Yeah, you did a good job. Thank you. So the volatile familiar, it's the um, clan fear or the scamp, right? Yeah, uh, it's the scamp because it's the, it's that morph. Oh, it's the okay, scamp okay. morph. So, um, yeah, wow, it only is going to stun on the second tick now. Yeah, that's but, a bit interesting. I never really used it for the stun. I only used it for the damage. For the pet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, its damage is going to go up 5%. So. Yeah. Or no, it's a chance of applying the charge status. Okay. And it's a chance of applying the start. Oh my god. These words aren't even that hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not like capabilities. I'm not yeah. right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this one paragraph for like a half hour. <laughs> and its chance of applying the charge status effect went up like you know, five hundred percent because you know, one to five. So there you go. That's the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, good math. Good math. Um, Why is he saying that? Because before you had bad math. You know, so you got good math now. That's good. All right. Well, dog, I'm glad that you're satisfied with the sorcerer explanation. How about we get to um, everyone's least favorite class, but for some reason, dog's favorite, the Templar. I believe you mean the best class, the Templar. That's what I heard. That's what everybody else heard. The best class Templar out of Bob's mouth, right? So, yeah. you know, of all our fans, I'm sure there's some some Templar dog lovers out there. So, you know, this is your moment. Yeah. You got more changes than the Necro, so. Yeah, because the Templar is just the better class. So, Or they just want to nerf the crap out of you. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Starting with Focus Charge. This ability and its morphs now grant major protection for 4 seconds after reaching your target. And then Explosive Charge Morph. This morph now also extends the duration of major protection to 10 seconds. 
and his dev comment here that reads, After the adjustments to Templar's damage to make sure they are more in line with other classes, we've seen them drop down in effectiveness in PvP situations in some areas rather than bloating out their damage again. We're trying to help enable them stay in the fray longer and keep up the pressure by adding some defensive bonus when they dive into foes, helping them go all in before needing to peel back and turtle up. So I like that change because, you know, I feel like what they kind of said before, you know, major protection, you get that everywhere. And Templar, I felt like, is I think one of the main classes that you don't really get it. Or, or minor protection for that fact, but... uh. You know, so that's definitely interesting. Um, the explosive charge having the major protection for 10 seconds is interesting because no one really uses that uh, morph because everyone uses the one for the, you know, 100% stun chance on the, uh, you know, your target. So, yeah, I mean, it gives uh, more of an incentive to run the other, I guess. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a uh, backlash. This ability and its morphs now need to deal 60% less total damage to reach their final values. There's a dev comment on this one too. And this one reads, We're lowering the amount of damage needed for these abilities to reach their big boom numbers as they needed values that were essentially impossible to achieve in PvP to get to their maximum power. The damage required will still be challenging to reach in PvP environments, and in most cases where opponents are taking countermeasures to deny or mitigate the applier's pressure, the damage will not reach the maximum amount. Uh, we are doing this intentionally, so Templars retain a weakness in some capacity. We will continue to monitor this value and adjust accordingly if necessary after we get more data from live servers with how the change interacts with the other buffs the class received in this update. Um, so this is interesting. I don't really use Backlash because i never really been a fan of it outside of, like, PvE. So I guess I use Backlash on my stamp part, but... Really? I love Backlash. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't like having something be uh, reapplying every six seconds. Especially when, you know, I couldn't bar swap for the longest time ever. So... That's that how you mark... That's how you mark Nightblades in PvP. What are you talking about? No. Like as a Templar. It doesn't make him go out of invisibility, though. It used to. I don't think so. I swear, man. Like, once you had Backlash, you're screwed as a Nightblade. Is that not a thing? Maybe because it used to deal damage, and that would bring you out of stealth, but... Hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm tripping. All right. Uh, next up, we have Solar Flare. This ability and its morphs now also grant Sun Sphere for five seconds after casting. Increases your damage done with class abilities by 5%. And then there's Solar Barrage. And this morph also extends duration to Sun Sphere to 20 seconds. So this is uh, interesting. Um... Because it kind of like it gives incentivized to you know use solar flare as a spammable, as like a range spammable, or you know just having it on your bar to like you know use it to attack and then go in with you know your newly buffed focus charge. 
definitely excited to have this though for my uh PVE Templar build. So what just the room focus or just all of these buffs they decided to give you? Uh yeah, the Sun Sphere uh bonus damage for uh class abilities. Yeah. So you know that's important. All right, and the last change for the Templar, and this is a pretty big change, is Rune Focus. This ability and its morphs now heal you for 2% of your max health every second they are active, rather than 4.5% of your max health while you are standing in the room. And then this, they increase the healing effect by 200% while you are standing in the room, result, resulting in a 33.3% increase overall while in the room. And then they fixed an issue where the heal from these abilities was not properly considered a restoring light heal. And they also fixed an issue where these abilities were not considered as healing abilities in some cases. And then there's also a dev comment here that reads, After the changes to these abilities to grant them healing, we've seen a slight improvement in their ability, ability to defend their sanctified grounds. But we're noticing the class really suffers in the majority of content with mobility. While the class is meant to feel empowered while locked to an area, we're trying to help them feel less clung to an area by offering some passive healing in between and doubling down, well, tripling in this case, when they decide to mark their fighting areas. So I definitely like this change because I wasn't a big fan of the original rune focus change where it no longer gave you resources while you were standing in your room. Uh, and it said heals you for, you know, 4.5% max health. Um, so this change is better than the original change because this is a buff. But I, I still don't like this change compared to... I would much rather have resources. That's just, you know, resources are good. Alright, so now the dog is done flexing on all his magical changes to the Templar. Uh, we have one more class to go over. And it's not too many changes, but there are a couple. So it's the Warden class. First off, for Scorch, they fixed an issue with this ability and its morphs. Where they could fail to hit larger monsters in some cases. Yeah, I noticed that when I was playing my uh, Stam Warden. I don't remember which large cases, but I feel like they were from High Isle. And then they had the Arctic Blast Morph. The stun from this morph now fires after a two second delay rather than immediately. Recasting the ability before the delay completes will reset the delay timer and they also fixed an issue where the stun ignored line of sight rules so kind of like the uh path of darkness from the uh nightblade they uh, worked on the line of sight stuff and also kind of touched it up a bit yeah and then uh with that that uh wraps up our class changes and it looks like uh, we get right into the weapon skill changes. Not too many, but we do have a few. Yep. Starting off, we have one hand and shield. Uh, first off, we have low slash. This ability and more secondary effects now last 15 seconds up from 12. 
so bit of a buff here. And then Shield Wall, the fiction issue where this ultimate and its morphs block functionality would become lost after sprinting. So, yeah, I would say good changes all around there. And then the uh, next one we have is Dual Wield. This is with Flurry. And they fixed an issue with his ability and its morphs where they could sometimes, ever so incredibly rare, only hit three times when weaving in extremely rapidly succession. We're talking within a one millisecond time span. So, yeah, I guess that happens if, you know, you're really good at weaving. And then lastly, there's the bow. And this is the acid spray morph. And they increase the damage per tick of the damage over time effect of this morph by approximately 28%. The damage over time from this morph will now always apply to the target rather than only when they do not already have the dot active. And they increase the duration to 5 seconds up from 4. So a nice little buff for acid spray there. But that'll wrap up the uh, weapon changes. All right, so let's uh, get right into these companion notes. So they uh, first off and foremost, right off the top, they have to say that they significantly reduce the amount of rapport needed to reach the friendly, close, allied, and companion rapport tiers for all companions. And yes, I did read that the entire time while Dog was moving his cursor and his name, <laughs> like, right on top of the words I'm reading. Like, oh yeah, I'm only trying to read this word for word right now. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. I mean, you said, you know, that was on the top. Actually, that wasn't on the top, but I put it up top, up the top because that makes more sense for what we are for the next one, you know? Well, dog, this is why people pay. Um, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> if you guys thought you weren't paying, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Um, but this is why people come here, man, because we put the important stuff up top. Yeah, but uh, but it's important to know that, you know, they reduce the rapport for this next bullet point, which uh, reads all companions now gain an increasing amount of experience based on the level of rapport they have reached with the associated player character. Each report here above Cordial provides an additional 5% absolute experience gain over the base 15% amount received at Cordial and below. At Cordial, dog? <laughs> Which, yeah, cor Cordial, Cordial, I don't know, alright? Yes, clearly you do know, you just said it right and then said it wrong again. <laughs> That's yeah. it, you, you don't get to have it both ways, dog. <laughs> Cordial, all right. It's pronounced cordial. No, you can't no, change my mind. Not. All right. Oh my god, dude! I'm gonna travel to Indiana one day and not understand what people are saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a whole nother language. All right. Well, why don't you tell me how cordial that uh, this thing is? I don't know what that means, but uh, it also reads. <laughs> Uh, the amount of experience gained by the companion does not reduce the amount of experience received by the player. And experience increasing effects applied to the player do increase the amount received by the companion as a result. So double XP, so does, you know, double XP for the companion. Oh, well, you know, I was going to say that you don't know how 
or you don't understand or know what I was saying because cordial is not actually a word, but then you just start talking too fast and clearly I didn't have the wherewithal to even say it five seconds after. (laughs) Fact, so, you know, I guess. But I still, I got it out there, okay? I got it out there. I guess, I guess. Um, But yeah, like, this is, you know, good news, you know? Uh, companions are a bit ridiculous, you know, especially trying to level up to level 20. Um, and it sounds like I, I got Isabel recently, you know, and she's now level 11, I think. Wait, so uh, you're telling me that this whole time that we've been doing Skyreach with me having Sharp as Knight, if I had had my rapport up, then he would be getting way better experience. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry, mine hasn't been up either. I uh okay. I missed that first part. Or uh no, I, I missed the whole experience gathering part. I only remembered the report part until now. So the next thing that I'm gonna do when I play ESO on PC is increase uh the report Isabel's rapport, yeah. Hundred percent. Thousand percent, ten thousand percent. Actually, you know, five percent times three. Or, well, you know, that's just over fifty percent. You know, it's just how much that's you're the gonna experience. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! This is why we've had to record three nights of the patch notes because we just ramble so much. Uh, I think that's your fault. Well, you know, it makes for good podcasting. Yeah, you know, you take fifty percent of the blame. I take ten percent of the blame. That leaves random forty percent of unknown blame. That also makes for good podcasting in dogs' <laughs> worlds, <laughs> and we're all just yeah. living in dogs' worlds. So there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure on night one you said something about math and how you weren't good at it. So you know <laughs> this is a callback. Well, my picture oh, high school math. You know what are you gonna do with it? Yeah, a callback. You know earlier this episode, which was like three nights ago for us, but. Yeah. This episode or the the other one? Uh, this this one, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that was. It's been a while. It's been a journey. Yeah. It has been, but there's still more companion stuff, you know. The journey is completing, so you better talk about the companions while you can. Alrighty, so uh, next up in the companions collection book, search results no longer get into a bad state when your search contains results that the companions can't use. I don't know what that means, but that's interesting, I guess. Um, Wait, there's a companions collection book? I think they just meant like in your collections and the companions like category. Why would you need to search for them? There's only like six of them. You just scroll up and down. I don't know. All right. Like this is just something that I. (laughs) <laughs> this is no this is not a i don't know kind of thing this is ridiculous this doesn't seem like something that should be a whole thing no longer get into a bad state when your search contains results that the I, I guess the so i guess what might happen is like if you search something uh in one tab like it might like carry over but Let's i don't think that actually what? happens I, I don't know. Or like maybe you're like searching for like, I don't know, uh, dark conversions in your inventory. 
and then you go back and you th look at your collection your companions collection book because you want to like assign it to your wheel or something and your search bar is just like bleh it exploded all over nah i don't know man no you don't know i don't I know either. That, i'm just making think, this up but you know what i wish they would do is stop making it when you go to your collections tab and look at companions on a different character say a brand new character that has no companions unlocked it should not show every single companion right there unlocked as if they are unlocked just because you've unlocked them on a different character at a different time and then when you click it be like you have to unlock this character like then why is it unlocked but it gives you the quest for that character it should always do that in my opinion i, I agree it should always do that like if you uh even if the character is locked you're like hey i want isabel and i press isabel and it's like ah you don't have that companion. It's like, I know I don't have that companion. I wanted the quest for it. That's all I wanted. It's like, no, you don't get the quest for it. And all right, what about this last one, dog? All right, so you have Bastion searing weapons. They fixed an issue where searing weapons could stack with itself if Bastion was given enough cooldown reduction. So that's actually, you know, pretty good because there's that one set where it reduces companions, uh, you know, cooldowns by 50%. And you wouldn't want Bastion, you know, stacking, uh, stacking searing weapons on top of searing weapons on top of searing weapons. That would be a bit ridiculous. But this is making where it stacks with itself. So no, this is no. They fixed an issue where it could stack, so they're making it so it can't stack. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you would want him doing that. That's that's OP. Yeah, that that that's the problem. You don't want it to be OP. Well, I mean, Bastion's not fighting you, bro. He's not in PvP. Calm down. I mean, you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I do. What, do you, <laughs> what does that mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> Doc's going the wild in RuneScape out here. He's... <laughs> He's got a red uh, marker over him in Aincrad. Like, come on, dude. You player killing out there in Tamriel? All right, bro. Outside Cyrodiil, huh? No, I'm pretty sure when you accept duels, you also fight their companions, too. I'm pretty sure that's not a thing at all. Yeah, that's definitely not a thing. But... <laughs> I wish it would. Imagine <laughs> that was, like, an option. Like, if you both have a companion, like, companion duel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Doss, you're welcome. We're just dropping <laughs> ideas for you. Like, I won't even just take it. Just take it. We won't even get mad. Like, we'll just, like, totally lay claim to it. Like, we did it first, and we called it. But... Go ahead, please just do it. That would be crazy. <laughs> That'd actually be pretty cool. Companion versus companion. Find out no. who has the better companion. Not like companion versus companion. Like you, if you and a person both have a companion, you could duel each other with your companions out. Oh, yeah. But yeah, but companion versus companion too, you know? Find out whose companion is better. Well, oh, that's a whole nother thing, dog. That, that just <laughs> sounds like something that everyone's going to want to gamble on, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm just thinking, I, 
you know, I could probably build a pretty badass companion that's going to win me, you know, like 10 million gold in the arena. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm saying I would build a better one that would beat up your companion. Okay, just because you're going to use the Templar companion does not mean it's going to work the way you want, dog. No, I think it does, <laughs> actually. Are, are we even done talking about companions? Like, I mean, I we could be done talking about companions. We did like ramble a, on now. It was like a half hour of like just the companion points. It was not even a full page of notes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't have anything to say here, but I don't know. I guess that's good, yeah. right? Like, I mean, everyone likes the companions. I am surprised how much they have really taken over. Because I was not that into them at first, but I'm into them now. And let me tell you, so is everyone else. They are freaking everywhere. Yeah, I didn't think I would be using them, like, ever. But ever since Isabel came out, I'm like, oh, my. It's like, just having someone taunt a boss for you is just really nice, you know? Having yeah. your personal tank. Yeah, I love that about uh, Isabel on my DPS. And that same love extends to... Uh, now that I'm playing a tank, like leveling up a tank and not having to make an entire hybrid, just like being like, okay, well, I have a couple OP damage uh, skills as an Arcanist inherently, so I'll just toss those on, and I can have my Warden um, companion just doing damage. I mean... <laughs> As Dogged will um, vouch for, he does die quite often still. But he yeah, is lacking. Yeah, your companion sees like four skeletons. He's like, "Up, oh, it's time to fall over. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, you know, Isabel's like, don't worry. I'll try to defend you from those four skeletons. And then he still falls over. And it's like... Your companion's a tank, dude. What do you <laughs> expect? Mine is a freaking DPS. I mean, I expect your companion to survive, you know, against four skeletons. Like, well, you, uh, you're a silly boy yeah, for that reason. Okay, okay. Companions are great. We all love them. Clearly, we're addicted. Do more, Zoss. Actually, I don't even know, because you just did not even that much, and we just talked about it for endlessly, and we're still in love, so... We're on day three, guys. We have to finish these notes. So, dogged. Companions are done. What's next? Are, are we getting into the random stuff? Are we going to just start popping stuff off? Uh, we have a few random things before we go into, like, another big category. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, the first random topic that we're going to have is, you know, target markers. And it'll read, target markers apply to enemy players and their summonings will now only appear on their nameplate and no longer in the compass. So, a slight little change. Yeah, I still am not, like, a big target marker kind of guy. But, um, I want to be. So, I think I need to step up my target marker game, honestly. Yeah. I think I it's some like companions either. for me. Like, didn't use them at first, and then came around. I don't know. Like, I see the their usefulness, but I don't just I don't really use them. Like targeting the boss would be nice, you know. Like, so I just you know 
know where it is. That's <laughs> such a stupid <laughs> sentence to say out loud. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's going to be uh, my follow up is like, uh, do you lose a boss often? Um, <laughs> do you just. <laughs> You just find yourself staring off like in a corner. Like I don't know where the boss went. Okay, know. what about like the Griffins when you're doing the side boss in like Cloud Rest? You know, like they go fly and they come back, and you're like, or you like you target one on the guy, one on the Griffin, so you can, like discern them well. You know, I mean, uh, do you know the size of a Griffin? Like it's huge. <laughs> No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to give the 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 Here. whole system some credence. Here, all right. I can help you. All right. So there's this boss in Depths of Malatar. You know, it splits off in clones. You put a target marker on the main one. The target marker will follow the main one. All right. There you go. I helped your. Uh, you don't know that for sure. I do know that for sure. I've seen it happen. Oh, unless if they like changed it, but I've seen it happen. It just makes your target marker go into seven target <laughs> markers. Like that would be so messed up, honestly. Yeah. Okay, but so there you yeah. go. I I hope support your your statement after right. your complete nonsense of, of a statement. Yeah, you're welcome, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, one of us. If dog doesn't make sense, then I'll figure it out. And if I don't make sense, then he'll figure it out. That's that's what makes us the uh, best duo in the podcasting game. I don't know. It's day three, guys. So let's go, dog. What's next? <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, they fixed an issue where numerous item sets could fail to show their additional telegraphs to enemies in certain situations. Uh, this will this includes the following: uh, Aurora and Thunder, Frozen Watcher, Lady Melodica, Leeching Plate, Plague Singer, Celatrex, Thurvican, Dark Convergence, and World of the Depths. Um. Dark Convergence is the main one that, you know, kind of happens to me and is very annoying when it does. Uh, yeah, I don't see Thervokin ever. I basically never see Plague Slinger. <clears throat> I've never seen World of the Depths, and Dark Convergence is like one out of three. So, yeah. All right. So, regardless of anything else, before we get into the set changes in these patch notes, uh, there is one more important point to get into, and that is that they increase the bonus detection size of detection potions to 43.5 meters, up from 20 meters, so they continue to reveal invisible targets at the same distance as previous iterations. That seems like a ridiculous amount, but you have to keep in mind um, when we, you know, two days ago read this patch note that they increased the uh, detection size of invisibility or they decreased it. I, 
dogged. I don't know. What am I trying to say? That's a good question. Sometimes I, uh, you know, ask myself that too. <laughs> you know, though, what I was saying that, like, in the Nightblade class notes, there's like, oh, they increased the detect area. They like made invisibility better. And I was like, oh man, Nightblade's gonna be better. And you're like, yeah, I hate them. See, that sounds familiar, but I'm looking back and I'm not finding that. So this is awkward. Um, oh no, it's right here. All right. Legend. Um, yeah. Me. So yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus also, you know, using a detect pot. I don't know what else you can do, but. Uh, like that, like that has like a 40 second cooldown or something, you know, so having it be a huge radius to me makes sense. Yeah, that that's definitely a good point. I mean, especially for the pot, you know, and the detect, um, it doesn't last like the entire cooldown. Yeah, I probably only lost only last like, you know, six seconds or something. Yeah, so. It's not a big thing. It's just like a, if they save it for the right time and, you know, against you as a Nightblade and then they, you think you're going to get away and they pop it, then that's going to cause you some trouble for sure. Um, But, you know, there's ways to get out of that as well. Nightblades never need to freak out. No. Not until they're dead. And uh, that doesn't happen very often to you, dog, that sounds like. No. Well, sometimes, you know. Well, sometimes. All right, so let's get into some set changes, dog, because it looks like this is uh, we're pretty close to the end here. Set changes and a couple more random points. Importante points. Um, yeah, random important points, I guess, yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. So as far as, you know, set changes go, uh, first up, we have ability altering weapons, uh, frenzy, momentum, and spectral cloak. These sets will now only apply their effects if you cast their respective ability requirements while in combat. So you can't, like, pre-buff yourself before you go do stuff, so. Really? Okay. That's kind of interesting. I love pre-buffing. It's one of my favorite things. All right, and the next one we got is the Storm Master set. This one is going to touch a few nerves for some people, <clears throat> including me. This set's bonus damage with light and heavy attacks now only works against monsters. That's not a problem. That's actually, you know, probably a better thing due to the position this set was in with the heavy attack builds. But secondly... They say that they also reduce the duration of the bonus to 8 seconds down from 20. That's actually, um, and my Patriot High School Math, as Doc pointed out, is not the best in the world, but that's a huge <laughs> decrease. I mean, that's more than 50%, so. But they also reduce the cooldown to 5 seconds down from 10, so. Does that mitigate some time? I don't know. We already decided that I suck at math, so dog, what do you think, man? Like, is it gonna level out or is it time to move on? 
Um, I mean, I don't use that set, so dog yeah, doesn't use it. But... He hates it. A I mean, is I. I... I use I use Silks of the Noble Duelist and Undaunted something. So you're but, uh, liking Silks of the Noble Duelist more now because of the melee range increase. I mean, I play Templar, so the that had nothing really to do with it. So, dog, you know how at all? <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, I mean, but. So I don't really use this set, but I will say this that this is definitely a nerf for it because you used to have a uh, you know ten seconds to score your crit damage, so and being able to reapply that buff, whereas now you only have three percent. Uh, whereas now you only have like three extra seconds to reapply your crit damage, which I mean is pretty lenient, but well for the people that still use. You know, Stormmaster, the nerf to it isn't that big of a deal because it just applies, you know, cooldowns and stuff. But, uh, yeah. And that's that. So what about Mars Bomb, dog? All right, so for Mars Bomb, they increased the cooldown of this set's cleanse to 30 seconds up from 15. And it's a def command on here, and it reads... We're increasing the cooldown here in hopes that this set no longer is such a hard counter to damage over time focus builds where it can help ease their pressure and demand attackers to recast them more frequently while ensuring it has a slightly longer cooldown than most of those effects have for duration. So uh, this actually makes a lot of sense, you know, because most dots last for at least 20 seconds. So entropy. And like every other single target dot, except for Vampire's Bane, because one more lasts for like 30 seconds, which is insane. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it, it makes sense. And then we've got Plague Break. This set now will only attempt to apply itself to enemy players rather than any enemy. Note that the explosion can still damage and be amplified by nearby non-players. So the dev comment in this reads that this change was made to correct a behavior we've been seeing in PvP areas where you could apply this set to entities such as pets or guards that lacked critical knowledge of how to counterplay the mechanics introduced. This also hits the truly creative uses of the set in PvE, where we have seen humorous videos that wipe out entire dungeons with relative ease. Which, while we appreciated the ingenuity, it was slightly overperforming. And I gotta say, I cannot believe that Dog didn't do that once, and I'm almost pretty disappointed that he didn't, and uh, because of it, you, that's it. You don't even get to comment on it, dog. Just move on, dude. Well, I'm going to comment on it anyways. So No, you didn't do it, bro, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> I wanted to see it. I mean, I didn't use it in Dungeons, but I did use it in, like, you know, Overland. I used it in uh, Skyreach a couple times. I used it in uh, Spellscar, you know, just not in Dungeons. Okay. Yeah. You've earned your comment. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right. Well, I'm glad that you used it then, dog. And let's knock this. This is we've done the sets, we've done the classes, we've done the combat, we've done everything. I have lived through the craziest week of my entire life. And just like these patch notes, my week is hopefully going to come to a glorious end somehow. I don't know how, but I'm just hoping. <laughs> and I think that right now we're going to put these patch notes to a glorious bed because I know the dog saves the best for last. Yep. And we got some good old points for you guys, some importante points. So, dog, why don't you start us off, and let's head for home, brother. All right. Well, in, you know, segue, right? Uh, you were speaking about glorious ends, right? That is not a good segue, but okay. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, you know, glorious ends, certain goats on Galen can now be killed, you know? I changed my mind. This might be my favorite change in the chapter. You know, I thought it was the fish changing. You be able to affiliate all the fish. Then I thought it was the mount changes. Or the favorite mounts and the favorite collections. But this, this might be the best change. This chapter. Hands down. Even this, this like way tops out the uh, Templar changes. Templar changes isn't even, isn't even like top five, right? Honestly, dog, let's be real. You're just gonna go keep kill. You're just gonna go kill sheep on, um, I don't know wherever it is. The island exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's for you know, uh, like German grinding. But I haven't played Gallon yet, so now when I go play Gallon, I can, you know, kill goats now. So that's cool. Oh, there you go. They can have a glorious end, as you would say. All right, so beyond the goats and their glorious ends, they also reduce the cooldown on the use of the Antiquarian's Eye tool to 20 seconds, down from 30 seconds. Which is amazing, and especially for those of you who do antiquities, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, this change is pretty good, but not better than being able to kill goats and gallon. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go, the goats. <laughs> oh, we better keep going. Don't all worry, right. I think I only bring up the goats like two more times for the rest of the episode, all right? I uh, this is feeling like the newest horror <laughs> movie uh, all over again. Space goats, here we go. Uh, you don't you don't get to talk now for the big one. I'm doing tales of tribute, so tales of tribute. Yes, there's some points on this, and uh, the first one is the expert and grandmaster tier tribute NPCs are now a bit smarter. And they always get smarter. That's yeah, that. I every mean, you're not even wrong because yeah, <laughs> like literally every update. So that's kind of scary. Eventually, they're just gonna play Elder Scrolls for you. Second, they already do. They play the Elder Scrolls card game. They don't play it for you though, dog. Okay, but they play against you, dog. No, not. <laughs> okay, so the second point. 
The tribute board now has tokens to indicate how many patron uses you have available. That's dope. That's just... That's dope. Uh, thirdly, the XP will now be awarded to match-made tribute matches after the first win of the day. So go out and get those dubs. One a day keeps the doctor away. Nextly, Bragus now offers an option to play a standard match against him to receive tutorial quest progress. And that's that's scary because Bragus, he's a dueler right there. He's a Yu-Gi-Oh master. If you just sit down with him, he'll pull out the Millennium uh, puzzle or whatever the thing and uh, evolve. So you better be careful of that. I'm about to say he's gonna pull up the Millennium Falcon. I was like, "What?" Oh uh, yeah, you thought, bro. You thought, yeah. and uh, you I, got I'm confused. But then you uh, took a sharp right turn into a uh... Yu-Gi-Oh. Sure, yeah. I remember the theme song. I guess it was before your time. Whatever. I still got my deck. Anyways. New clues to upgrade cards in the Almalexia patron deck can be discovered in tribute reward purses. How fantastic. And then, almost lastly, certainly not leastly, new tapestry furnishings of Hand of Almalexia and Mercy Mother Elite can now be discovered in tribute reward purses. Wow, that is, that's exactly what these people need. They need to be able to earn more things, you know. People who are playing this game dedicatedly, they just, they should be showered in gifts. Um, Not just Elder Scrolls, but Tales of Tribute, you know. Tales of Tribute, it's true. Lastly, for sure is that a new item that grants credit toward the card conjurer achievement can be discovered in tribute reward purse. Wow. These tribute reward purses are starting to sound like something I need to go get dogged. Yeah, and she's probably placing Tales of Tribute. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then I guess you can be jealous. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll have to just uh, watch it <laughs> and, you know, be jealous, I guess. I don't have time. I don't. You know what they say? A card game of the day means you get the experience for the day. Oh, my God. Nobody God. says that, but oh, I said geez. that. <laughs> what did I have to say about Imperial City, dog? All right. So Imperial City, right? Uh, the Alliance bases in the Imperial City sewers now have a map icon signifying the exit from your base to the overworld, as well as indicators leading you outside in most cases. But there is still no Imperial City quest board in the sewers. Well, so. you just asked for that recently, so you have to give them time, dog. Well, yeah, but I need to bring it up every time, no, too. You know, whenever no. they see it, whenever I see Imperial City, I have to be like, I just say something about, you know, Imperial City quest board in the sewers. Yeah. Okay. Well, now my headset apparently has a low battery and the chick in my ear is going to announce it every five seconds. So. 
That just happened three times in the last time you started talking, so that's my life. <laughs> I know. This day, this day, bro. Uh, probably because we've been recording for three days in a row. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's going to happen. Okay, so here we go. We're almost done. Low battery or not, we've got this. Some low-value vendor loot that's scaled to your character's level no longer does so. It will now always sell for the maximum value and stack, regardless of the level of the character that acquired it. This will not affect the items currently in your inventory, only newly dropped items. This change affects the following items. Carapace. Clockwork Oscillator. Danger Husk. Dwarven Gear, Ectoplasm, Elemental Essence, Falhide, Membrane, Supple Root. And Dog, do, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Uh, hooray for the nine gold constantly, you know, for all, or I guess most of the trash items. Yes. Yeah. Hooray. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I said. Hooray. All right. So nextly, crafting items attached to hiring mail can now be collected and added to the craft bag for ESO Plus subscribers, despite having a full inventory. Yep. Uh, Cheers for, you know, procrastinating inventory management right there. No, honestly, that's pretty cool because I always have a full inventory and it's like, <laughs> yo, you have full inventory. I'm like, yeah, I know. I want my mail. Yeah. Uh, when you, you know, when you have a full inventory and you look at your mail and you have the uh, add on, uh, whatever it's called, lazy rare crafter, you know, sometimes it just crashes you because it's like, I'm trying to accept all your mail, but it's not working. And it's like, you've been locked out for spamming. It's like, Thank you, add-on. You weren't very helpful in that instance, but you did your best. All right. So uh, next, most event quests will now automatically remove themselves from your quest journal if the event turns off and you change zones, log out, or reload your character in any other way. However... The White Strikes Mayhem's introductory quest is currently the only exception. And that's good. Holiday quest, they're just cluttering everyone's inventory up. Man, I think I still have some uh, characters that have like, uh, that have the New Life quest from like two years ago. I just never did it. And it's like, I could never actually play on that character. So. When I cycle my quest through my daily routes, it's like, oh, I have to go turn fish at this or go turn in fish in this one place. But I can't do that because the, they're gone. They left for the year. And they yeah, left. They left. Exactly. But now, eventually, in, you know, like four days or so or whenever I log on to that character next, that fishing quest will be gone forever. Most likely. Alright, so they've got a couple more points. Adazabi Abadaro has increased her contacts and now has additional sets available to her when finding her over the next several months. 
You may spot new masks, shoulders, rings, and necklaces that have not been sealed before. And this is the golden cat in Cyrodiil. And Dog definitely has something to say about this. Yes, I do. I wonder if uh, this will mean that the golden for the next Major Mayhem will have like all the new PvP sets and the Imperial City District monster sets that you can just like buy up. I hope so. Yeah. But I doubt it at this point. I mean, yeah, I mean, getting Plague Break at this point is kind of useless because, well, you know, we talked about how Plague Break is no longer useful in PvE, which is really sad, but. All right, why don't you tackle this next one then, Nog? All righty. So they greatly increase the drop chance for collectible fragments found in public dungeons. If it is your first fragment acquisition in that dungeon for the day, public dungeon of the day. So maybe I'll farm some of the things that I don't have yet. Eh, who am I kidding? Probably not. So basically they increase your drop chance of the first thing of the day. Yeah. For like the public dungeon, random, whatever. I'm sorry, but that's. I mean, that's just like, what? Why? Just don't even do it. If you're not just going to increase it at all times, and just don't even do it. Some of these things, like the target dummies, it takes like 100 pieces. Okay. So what? That's 100. Even if I go like, oh, I'll just get the first one because it's the increased one a day. That's a third of a year. Like, that's, I don't know. I, I don't like how low those drops have been. In the first place, even when it's like get 10 pieces and put some together, sometimes you could be just grinding for so long. And it just feels out of place in ESO where it doesn't have a lot of things where you're just grinding for just a random drop. I mean, you'd be grinding for a set piece and it's just like you have to get through a lot of different sets, blah, blah, blah. They didn't used to have a collection system, so it was different, blah, blah, blah. But I've always strayed away from grinding these public dungeon ones because I do not like the drop rate and it just feels inauthentic. Unauthentic? I don't know. Whichever one is right. Now I'm rambling again. I told myself I wasn't going to. Yeah, but you did. So By the time people get to listening to this, they're going to have listened to like three hours of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to well, be as done as their ears are going to be as done as my brain is. <laughs> but it's all about the commentary. Or if you're that one guy from Dragostar Arena, the commentary. How do the every time I look at the notes, I keep getting longer. OK, <laughs> stop adding things, dude. I keep thinking we're getting close to the end. It keeps getting further away. Well, <laughs> We're talking enough. You don't need to write more stuff. But they're updates. <laughs> there can't possibly be updates at this point. I added three words. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, then we're clearly at this next one. So, Mages and Fighters Guild introductory quests are more consistently available across appropriate locations. So does that mean like the one where it's like, oh, um, sees all colors wants you to go 
run around with Merrick and the other girl? Or is that like, oh, I want to join the Mages Guild, and here you go, now you're in it. Because I just went to the new locations, Guild Halls, and Shimmerine's Guild Halls, and there was no one there to talk to, and there always used to be my entire gaming time in ESO, so I want answers. Where's Shimmerine? Shimmerine is this first city that you spawn into in Somerset. Hmm. I don't remember Shimmerine being in that there. But... No, no, you're right. No, mate, no. Oh, I know I am. No, I know. I'm pretty sure it's an Eleanor. No. Yeah, it is. It's in Eleanor. It's 100% okay, Yeah, there in are some in Eleanor, but they're also in Shimmerine. They're always right there. They're standing outside the thing. You run right in to the left, mages. Down the stairs, boom, right, fighters guild. Every time for three, four I years. Think so. No, don't think so. Think okay. you're misremembering. Okay. The next thing they did, a room <laughs> to spare. The housing introductory quest is more consistently available. Oh, yeah, I bet it is. Just like the shimmering freaking homie out there handing out Fighters Guild stuff. Oh, I'm putting a fire staff in my mouth right now. I can't do it, dog. <laughs> I can't do today anymore, bro. Please tell me about the Thieves Guild. Please let it be something good. Please let it be something magical. I cannot do this life. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood in introductory quests now require that you be at least level 5 and, of course, own that content. These quests are still available at any level within their respective zones, Hughesbane, and Gold Coast. And after that, the Skyreach Catacombs, they fixed an issue with the Ancient Chest event in the Craglorns Skyreach Catacombs. Where killing the skeletal ads last would cause the event to stall. So, me and Dog experienced this on a frequent basis, I guess you would say, depending on what your definition of frequent is and um, the fact that we probably don't play that much. But we experience it, and we've experienced it working in the last few days. Uh, every time so there you go that's great and that's it dogged that's it <laughs> i don't know i think i think i can make a little callback all right all so, right you know i leveled up like a lot of templars like a ridiculous amount of templars all right and you know what the mages and fighters guild i never remember them being in jim reem but i do oh, remember oh, them being yeah. in Eleanor, all right and i have like 15 Templars to prove it, all right? What's your excuse, huh? You have four necromancers? Yeah, that's that's not. I know <laughs> they were there, dude. No, they, they exactly were. No, nope, nope. nope, you're wrong. I hope so badly. Of, <laughs> of all the people that blow my mind that listen to this podcast, I'm like, oh, man. Look at that. We just get all these downloads and people just want to listen to us ramble on about random things. <laughs> I just hope there's one person that knows exactly what I'm talking about and they come and speak up and they tell you how wrong you are, dog. You know, yeah. I've had I've had a horrible 
I've had a rough year, had a rough month. I <laughs> threw up all day on my birthday on Sunday. And I just, I th- that will turn my whole life around if someone could just <laughs> prove to me that the shimmering freaking Somerset freaking people were always there. That's all I want in life. And that's it. No more. This is it. Last freaking point of the whole thing <laughs> go ahead dog read it man what is the last point what did you save for last <laughs> entirely in this <laughs> godforsaken three-day <laughs> patch notes extravaganza i hope it's good all right well so you see right for the sky reach catacombs right you can now get the loot and i've always wanted my loot even though it's junk and I still want my junk. Oh, wait, we already did that. So, anyways, they also added a post quest copy of Right of the Skyon book near every portal to the Vampire Quest instance. You must have completed the quest Skyon of the Blood Matron. <laughs> the Blood Matron. Yep. yep. I purposely did that. This is my, oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. bet you did. That's my, that's my life. Sky on of the Blood Matron in order to see this book. <laughs> so that's this, like, you know, the vampire quest. This is what a uh, patch notes three days and this long fashion notes does to our brain. Everyone, you can uh, put F's in the chat for Gina Bruno <laughs> because she has clearly lost her mind in the... Uh, amount of years she's had to deal with this many patch notes we uh pray for her sanity and <laughs> our own as well which has clearly been lost to shay goreth and uh jiglog and yeah i you know what you guys like if you still want to find us at this point i mean i guess we'll tell you all right. Well, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. And you can find us in our ESO PC or Xbox Guild of Errors the Red Diamond, which you can join our Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And you can find me, um, hopefully, sipping a pina colada beachside after editing a four hour patch notes episode. Nah, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, Check out our uh, patch notes for links to all our good stuff. Checked out Dogged at DoggedBark24 on pretty much anywhere you could possibly want to do that. And me at Bob underscore Chinsky at anywhere you could possibly want to do that. Honestly, um, just a quick shout out on the way out with the music playing. Thank you guys for sticking around. This was really a rough week just in life for me and I getting to come podcast. Although even doing that was rough. It's just, it's been a nice escape for me. And I do joke about the ridiculous length of this episode and the work that goes into it, but it's honestly just something that I just get to pour myself into. And um, I'm excited to really just get to dive into Necrom now and my tank Arcanist is getting up there and I can't wait for all the console players to get to be able to enjoy it too. I think you guys are really gonna 
really gonna like what's headed your way so thank you for sticking around with us dog thank you for giving me your time these few days man to get through this glad we made it here one way or the other on the other side now and uh yeah i guess we'll talk to you guys here soon maybe even next week i mean you never know so uh, enjoy necrom everyone and we'll see you on the other side have a good uh week weekend i don't know whatever time it is <laughs> and who knows maybe you'll be able to say that you know the mage's guild and the fighter's guild will be in shimmering or it never was were. because it never was were they are now but they were they they never were all right uh but yeah see ya Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Do you love the Witcher series and are interested in learning more about the world and the history and the monsters and the characters of the Witcher? Well, this is Robots from shows like the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast and the Mass Effect Lorecast. And me and my buddy Toasty are now doing the Witcher Lorecast. It's available on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on right now. And we also record it live on Monday nights on twitch.tv slash robots radio at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So you're welcome to join us there. Again, it's the Witcher Lorecast available everywhere. Go check it out right now.